Hello, Get A Life Podcast, Kunai fans, listeners, friends, family, everybody else I cannot mention or name or name if I wanted to. Uh, I am here with my friends Bish and Kevin. Hey, what's up, guys? Oh, Kevin, you went first. Oh, wow. Okay. What's up, guys? It's me, Bish. Damn yes, Kevin. hello. Hello, both of you. And today we're going to be covering a show that should have t- been finished months ago. Um, Danganronpa the animation. We're gonna be covering all the bits and pieces of it, but before we get into that, Bish, if I will leave the stage to you. Thank you, Jeff. For you new folks, Get Life Podcast Kunai is a monthly anime discussion podcast under the Get Life group. Due to the nature of discussion, we can't avoid spoilers of the show to be discussed for the shows that are based off an existing piece of work, whether it's manga, light novel, or some other media form, including games. We're not going to be covering the source material. Uh, We can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play. If you'd like to suggest a show for us to watch and make an episode of on Kunai, send us your suggestion on our Twitter at Get Life Podcast or by leaving us a review. And remember, if you want to support what we do on Kunai, check out our sponsors, Japan Crate. Go to www.getlifepodcast.com forward slash Japan Crate. Use the code GALP for $3 off. That's a bloody big saving. If you want to watch anime, doesn't need to be this one, but if you want to watch anime, keep up to date with what we do watch on Kunai. You can support us by signing up for our 14-day free trial of Crunchyroll Premium. For everything anime, crunchyroll.com forward slash kunai. Joe? Thank you very much, Bish. And just so you guys get an idea of what we're talking about, Danganronpa the Animation is a 13-episode murder mystery series directed by director Seiji Kishu and writer Makoto Uezu. The anime is based on the first entry in the series, Danganronpa Trigger Happy Havoc, written and created by Kazutaka Kodaka. It was animated by Studio Lark, known for shows such as Assassination Classroom, Persona 4 The Animation, and and one of their more recent works, Danganronpa 3 The Ends of Hoshik Academy. And it ran from July 4th, 2013 to September 26th, 2013. And with that, let's get started with the first impressions. So I just want to get your opinions on what you guys saw of the show when you went into it the first time, maybe after a couple episodes, and what just what you guys think of the show when you began. So basically... Just as a background for this show, similar to Persona 4, the animation, I kind of got into it because of two people, one of which is Jacob. Shout out to Jacob, my boy, Jacob. Um, Basically, I didn't have a PS Vita at the time, and he was nagging me. I was like, look, you got to get a Vita, you got to get Persona, and you got to get Danganronpa. And I didn't know what the fuck Danganronpa was, and I didn't want to spend £200 on a Vita and then another £50 on this game that I don't know about. So he was like, okay, look watch the anime at least it'll give you some of the story so i watched the anime before dropping a 50 pound on it and at first when i watched it originally i'm going back many years it was very difficult to watch because of the violence and the gore and you know what i kind of got over it because it wasn't so gory because of the pink as opposed to the red I'm, i don't know why that was it maybe it was to lower the game's rating or something the, the peggy rating to be honest with you another thing that i didn't realize come to think about it is that my boy Daniil is five years of kunai so I have to mention Daniil every year right yeah it just has to be like that 
But my boy Daniel actually used to play Danganronpa way, way, way back when on the PSP before it even came over to the European market and etc. So he played it in Japanese, like imported the game, etc. So he told me about it. I didn't really care much for it until the anime came out. And then it was really when Jacob hold, held my hand and he was like, play, watch this anime and buy the game and all this. Um, to be honest with you, I like the premise of the show. That's really what hooked me in, in terms of fresh, uh, first impressions. It kept me hooked. I wanted to know what each episode was, what each character was going to, who, who was going to die next. That was the main thing that I was, that kept me going. I wanted to know who's going to die next. Um, is it going to be one of my favorite characters? Kind of like the, the whole appeal of Game of Thrones. A lot of people watch it for the sex, but also a lot of people watch <laughs> it to see uh, whether or not their, their characters die. I wanted to know how the culprit was murdered, the victim, etc. That whole sort of thing was interesting. I was, it, it, it's kind of like watching a CSI, kind of like a crime scene show, but with in, in kids in high school. It was interesting, and I, I like the whole class trials element. So that that kind of kept me involved. In particular, I never used to watch this kind of content before, and Danganronpa introduced me to that. So it was all sort of fresh. It wasn't just my first interaction with Danganronpa. It was my first interaction to. Uh, murder mysteries it was my first interaction to sort of i don't know how to say it like not discussion but like trials and like law type things because i never mm. used to watch that kind of tv shows like because it's like really CSI new for you right like if i remember correctly um other than well this and another uh which we've also featured on kunai you don't usually watch violent shows right not, no. not to say that either of these shows are like particularly violent but they are pretty gory right so and, and this this show does have a lot of moe stuff in it as well like the characters are quite moe some of them so that that's what i also liked about it was the fact that there was a little bit for everyone and that kind of kept me hooked um it wasn't a show that i dropped at all for the first two episodes right because i mean people die starting episode two already right so it's, it picks up really really quickly mm -hmm. um and my question for you is when you first watched for the very first time did you want to drop it because of the 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 goriness or the deaths no, no. okay i was interested because if if the blood was red possibly i would have dropped the show just because, because of the color just because of the color of blood it does affect you on a psychological way i would assume the fact that it's all like pink and i was just like oh okay cool it's like someone someone uh had a highlight like, that bursted in their pocket like, <laughs> that's what it was like to me and the fact that there was this kind of comedic bear that was going around made it a lot funner. I was like, okay, I want to see more of Monokuma. You can Even relate he, to, to Monokuma? He killed someone in the first episode <laughs> or the second episode. I was like, oh, cool, Monokuma, yeah. I like that. Okay. It was endearing. Uh, I, I just asked that because I remember you being particularly, not squeamish, but you, you weren't fond of the gore in another. Uh, I remember another you, you... Uh, look, I'll tell you something. Another's gore was on another level. Like, you actually sh saw that shit happen. Dangarumpa frames it in such a way where... That is true, uh, yeah. Where it's not necessarily showing you the gore. Like, I remember there was one scene in another where the, the, the umbrella? umbrella... Yeah. Uh, oh that got gosh. me. I don't even use umbrellas anymore because of that. <laughs> you fucked up umbrellas for me, Kevin. And I'm yeah. like, no. No, I don't even... I have to use handheld umbrellas because they don't have that shit. Because I'm afraid <laughs> that's going to happen. So you ruined me on umbrellas for life, and I live in London where it rains a lot. So fuck you, Kevin. I mean, I guess you you do bring up a good point, right, Dagnon? But it like it's a very violent topic, but it handles it in a I'd say almost palatable way, right? Because you always like basically everyone dies or almost um, 
in the show, right? It's kind of like Hamlet. <laughs> and, but it's just, you don't see the death. So I, I guess because of that and because of the fact that, you know, it's like pink blood and because of the art style, right? It's not exactly nitty gritty realistic. Uh, yeah, I can see why people would be um, more open to watching it, even if you're not necessarily into that, right? If you're not like a Saw addict, right? Then, hmm, okay. Um, now on my end, well, I'm kind of at the opposite end of the spectrum as uh, Bish and as Joe, as you'll find out in a second, if you didn't already somehow know that he was, you know, like a, a Dagonalpa addict. But for me, uh, this is basically just the culmination of, uh, I'd say years, yeah, years of Joe and Bish and Jay, well, I mean, basically everyone I know through Gelt just pressuring me into to watching it, right? Because I, I played um, Zero Escape before, right? And the creators of Zero Escape and Dagonalpa are actually like pretty good friends. So people are always like, yo, Kevin, if you liked Zero Escape, you'll really like Dagonalpa, right? And well, exactly. And they're kind of similar in concept as well, right? With deaths and all that, it's, a, it's framed in like this, this giant game and all that. So I was like, I was always intrigued, but I never got found a reason to, to watch or play the game, right? Uh, until now, I guess. And honestly, with the first few episodes, I was pretty pretty impressed. Uh, the art, honestly, was the first thing that stuck out to me, right? Danganronpa reminds me a bit of Attack on Titan in the sense that it has very distinct outlines, right? It has very crisp outlines, right? Which make the characters pop up out of the backgrounds, right? And so it was really good, right? Not as good as the game itself, obviously, but it's, it's really up there for an adaptation. Like even without playing the game, you get to appreciate the the visual style, right? Because it's it's reproduced so faithfully. Uh, but you know, apart from that, you know, we'll, we'll get into the art a bit later in the discussion. But um, I found that it was really nice. But at the beginning, they went really really quick. All right, just to make something clear here, um, I didn't go in completely blind. I played about like two to three hours of Danganronpa. I got up to the first just before the first trial. Um, so I do know what, you know, the basic mechanics are and stuff, and I felt that in the show, it was kind of rushed, right? In the game, anyways, uh, you really get time to absorb what's going on. So yeah, just a, another thing, aside from the art, which really um, caught my attention in the first few episodes was just the pacing. So just to give you guys a bit of background, uh, I actually played a bit of the game before watching, I'm not. I didn't go in completely blind. I got up until like around just before the first trial, so I know the basic mechanics and stuff, right? How the game works and all that, and the characters. And one. Oh, so you, that, were, you got an idea of like the trial, like how the trials felt when you actually yeah. went through like the mini games and all that. Yeah. So one of the main differences that I find between the beginning in the show and in the game is that uh, in the game you really get time to you know, let everything sink in, right? Take in the atmosphere, the feel of the school, right? Just the, the shitty situation that they're all caught in, right? Whereas in the game, I felt that it was like really sped up. Sorry, not in the game, but in the show, it was really sped up and it was like really exposition heavy, right? You're, you don't really have any time to process what's going on, right? Um, and I guess it's one of the sacrifices that you make when you transition from a game to a show, right? You, have to, you don't really have the time to let players explore the world on their own, right? Trying to dig through every nook and cranny. But uh, even still, I find that they didn't really spend enough time on, you know, describing Hope's Peak and just uh, the characters and stuff. It, it's like you're just kind of thrown into the thick of the action right away. And for some people, you know, that's great. They don't like it when stuff's really slow, right? They just like to get 
uh, into the plot immediately and not to be, uh, you know, bogged down by, by details, right? But for me, especially f- considering the fact that, you know, it is a dark premise, um, I would have appreciated a bit more, you know, description and just a bit more atmosphere at the beginning, which I find it kind of lacks. So you honestly. mean like little subtitles maybe that described one thing or the other? Yeah, because you know in the game, like he, he notices how, you know, the windows are bolted and all that and he comments on that. Right, and you can tell that he's scared and terrified, right? Just like you and I would be. But in in the show, it's really like glossed over. I think they mention it like once, and they you know, they, they do go over it again. And that's There's it. some 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 things within the show. That I think it's intentional because we have to bear in mind that this this anime came out before the game came out in the West, right? So it was mainly kind of sort of pr- done as promotional material. All sort all anime that is based off of works are there to promote promote its source material so i think maybe it might have been the case that there wasn't a lot there was like 12 episodes i think of this anime so to go in depth and the fact that the way that the anime is structured that there is there's a murder then there's a case and then there's murder in the case so every two episodes there's a person that dies basically so to put all of that in i don't think there's enough time so to say interesting that both of you mentioned that because if I remember correctly from something I read a while back uh, apparently there was a bit of debate with adapting Danganronpa Trigger Happy Havoc there was a lot of concern concerning just how how they'd be able to fit all like what they wanted to fit in into the anime with like with only like 13 episodes like that but in the end they went through with it and they felt that with what they had, they were able to adapt everything the best way they could. Yeah, I mean, I, I get their, their time constraints. I just feel that just spending a bit more time in the pilot episode would have been would have done it a lot of good, you know? Because the pilot episode is so important, right? It's it's setting the stage for the rest of the show. You want The funny n- thing is, Kevin, is that you mentioned that you would have liked to see more exposition in that sense. But for me, it kind of gave me a sense of mystery. I wanted to know why. It, like, I don't... Okay, I would have get it if I, I understood if you know uh, Naegi had sworn and he he saw the things and he made a comment or whatever that would have made sense. But then it allows me to see it before Naegi sees it, and then I'm like, okay, why are these bolted? What what is the story behind Hope's Peak? And that's for me, it was intriguing. I felt it was intriguing that the fact that they didn't explain those things because it allowed me to question them as opposed to the anime just plopping it out on the table for me. That's, that's what, what it felt like. That's why I felt that they did, though, because they're like, by the way, you're at Hope's Peak now. By the way, this is your predicament, and these are the other people you're going to meet. You're in a death game. This is that. We're done with the intro. Let's move on to the nitty-gritty, the, the meat of the story. The introduction's done, you know? It, it feels like the introduction was more so of a checklist than an element in and of itself. But the question you know? is, does it need to be more than a checklist? I don't think it needs to be more than just a checklist. I, I think it does because the atmosphere is so important, right? This isn't, you know, your typical, you know, normal Moe high school rom-com or whatever, right? This is, um, you're supposed to believe that these characters are in danger, right? They're supposed to be frightened and terrified. They don't know what's going on, where they are. Yeah, but the fact right? is, but look, I just want to say something. You mentioned that they don't know where they are, but at the same time, we don't know where they are. So, and maybe it's a it's a way for us to feel that we're in the same position as them. Do you see what I mean? To kind of sympathize with them a bit more. Um, maybe I'm defending it a bit too much, but that's how I feel. Well, you both make very valid points. I um I think 
with when it comes to like a game and like a television series there's i mean they're both very similar in their own rights but well they're both very similar but they have their own ways of portraying a story when when it's a show you're mainly relying on the environments the characters and your own perception of the plot in order to to gauge your to gauge your interest and to to learn more about it but with with a game it's more it's more about you assuming the role of somebody else who is going through this mm. and and there's something that i really want to add on uh, the fact that there are two mediums one's a game and one's an anime like you kind of already get that exposition from the the scenery because in the game you're you're limited to what you're you're viewing right um, but in, in the anime, you get to see a lot more in terms of scenery, in terms of what's going on in the background, etc. So you kind of get a feel can, about can what... Can you elaborate on that? What, what do you mean you get to see more? Because I'd say that I, I really do not see that because in a game, right, you have time to, you know, explore every detail of a background if you want to. Where in a show, you, you get, you know, the one, the one glimpse and then it's done. I believe he's right? referring to... Um... Just how your your view isn't restricted to, to Makoto. It's you get to see, like you you have the, the privilege of seeing everything that occurs. But in the introduction, the is that show. the case? You, you haven't met the characters yet. That's you haven't met the characters yet. Mm, good point. You know. Well, I, I thought I thought this discussion was more just about, like overall, like well, just with well, like what. With the medium in general. Yeah, but I'm just talking about like the the way it's applied to the introduction, Justly. I just don't think it does the game justice, you know, with, with the way that was rushed. But you know, we can agree to disagree, right? I mean, it'll tie into to my uh, to my to my impressions myself. But I I saw I see what you mean. Like when I went to rewatch it, it's it's something that I picked up on quickly compared to how what I saw before. Now that I've played through all of the games. So like I've I've kind of have this prior experience, and I've also seen the anime myself. So, but but yeah, continue. Mm. And oh, that's basically it for my for my first impressions. Though oh, overall, it's right. positive. Right, I'm not saying the introduction is bad. I just maybe it's you know the it's a double edged sword that I I played a bit of the game before getting into it. Right, it just. I know there's a bit more well, beyond Well, this is there. also coming yeah. from people who have, like, played through the series. Like, it, it, it's not, like, it's totally valid. Mm -hmm. But then because again, you know, the ends, I, I'm guessing it, someone who, who wants to get into Dagonarpa, right? Just like Bish, right? Who doesn't want to invest in, in a PS4 or in a PS Vita to play the game. They'll just be like, you know what? I'm going to watch the show first, see if I like it, and then, you know, decide whether or not I want to move on with the series, right? So, I guess for someone who doesn't doesn't have that awareness you know maybe they won't mind right they'll, they'll be just fine with it or maybe they'll feel that you know they just won't feel a connection because the intro the introduction is rushed in my, in my opinion well but, to be honest you know. with you, you you do raise a good point but i think it's it's mainly because you've already played the game you've already had well not played the whole game but you've already played that introduction portion so you know you kind of already know what's supposed to be going on etc and it's, it's kind of like if I'm not mistaken, Joe, you also started the anime first before watching the game. Am I right in saying that? Yes, it's it's the kind of show where 
I would recommend it if you haven't had any exposure to Danganronpa yet, but it's something that I couldn't recommend as much if you've already played through the first game. Because in that in that regard, it's it's sort of treated like a downgrade at that point. With I mean I'll talk about this more later, but it's a show that that you can really appreciate when you're completely blind to Danganronpa. And and talking about that, I really want to get into your first impressions how you got into it yep. what you thought etc yeah because it's it's exa- that directly ties into my impressions like i'm in a very similar case with you bish though it wasn't that i really knew people that have played through danganronpa it was more like i saw this and i and i discovered it for the first time when i saw the it was around the time i was getting into into anime like it was during my freshman year of high school um they started airing they started airing Dan- Dong up the animation on Funimation. I didn't have an account, so I had to to wait a week every wait an extra week every single time, and it annoyed the shit out of me. Yeah, I can imagine. So you not to mention all the ads, so many ads. But um, I I the first time I looked at the art, I was like, wow, this is something that I've just never seen before. Because it was it was my first time first time seeing something so sporadic, if that makes sense. Something that was out there, something that that was very nonsensical, something that was just weird. And it was the first thing that kind of defied my way of thinking and imagination just by witnessing it. So I'm like, you know what, I want to give this I want to give this a try, see what it's about. Like it might be a pretty good show. Uh it was also the first my first time with murder mystery with the murder mystery genre like Ubish. So going into it, it was like this whole new experience for me. And as soon as soon as I saw the like Monokuma, when I saw Makoto and the whole premise with these incredibly gifted students being thrown into a killing game, like I knew I was going to be watching something special. I'm I'm just repeating words at this point, but it's just it was just something so unique to me, something that was different, something I've never seen in my life before. It was like something completely foreign just entered my life, and it opened my eyes to to something amazing the first episode was i mean it was my first time with Danganronpa, so i didn't know how the pacing would work i didn't know how the games like how the games played it's exactly why i recommend it like if you're getting to Danganronpa for the first time because it's you'll be able to appreciate the pacing more like even if it's kind of even if it's a way of lying to yourself which i i can kind of see it's still something that is a lot more enjoyable the first time I didn't really have any qualms with the pacing my first time watching it. I enjoyed I enjoyed being introduced to Monokuma, hearing his nonsensical banter, and just the fact the fact that it was so comedic in something that was supposed to be very um very serious, yeah. It's it was jarring to me, but I really liked it. In a way I think that works, the whole <laughs> You you can you need it to break up, otherwise it'll be very depressing. Right. Yeah. I think that was the whole point to to keep it more uplifting through all of these darker moments. And I I think I believe it is sell at that. That being said, do you, do you think that the Monokuma appearances and even those things would you consider them as favorite moments, or if not, what what do you think are your favorite I, I moments? Feel, I wouldn't call that a favorite moment. It would be more of a staple, in my opinion. It's, it's very, it's what the series, it's what makes the series. It's not something I can call a favorite moment. It's, it's, it's like half of the series. So then what, Monokuma is half so of So then Dark what Europa. would you, what would you say are your favorite moments? Uh, that's, 
That's very hard. Um, well, I guess while we're at it, we'll just... We'll, uh, well, I'm pretty much done with my first impressions. So while we're at it, we'll, I'll talk. We'll, let's talk about our favorite moments in that regard. Because I do want to get into that a little more now that we're talking about it. Um, my favorite moments, it's very hard. Because there were a lot of, a lot of wonderful scenes in that show that really hit hard. I, th I would say my favorite moment, if I had to pick one would have been at the end of Sakura's trial. Okay. At the end of her trial, not not her not her investigation or anything like that. No, okay. at the end of her trial. Well, why is that? Because that's when we're that's when we're introduced to the truth behind her murder, how there how it was how how Aoi was essentially lied to by Monokuma and almost killed everyone in the trial as a result. And then when we heard Sakura's actual message I felt that it that message single-handedly warped the story in the cast's favor. And seeing everyone suddenly feel unified together and keen on attacking the mastermind. That was something that it just felt it was a different feeling compared to before because before there were people there were there were people in the killing game saying like we don't want this killing to continue, we want this to stop, but it never stops. But then when you when you get to like near to the end of that scene, you see every, you, you have this different feeling than before when people are saying, you know, we are no longer participating in this. Well, I think the feeling is hope no? Well, it, <laughs> shut, uh, fuck you, bitch. I mean, uh, I didn't mean that um, as a pun. No, that, OK, look, look OK, I get, I get what you're saying. It, is, it, it was essentially, yeah, you could feel their hope, but it was just a feeling of true unification at that moment and i would say that that second half with everyone feeling unified and working together was a lot more interesting than the killings themselves huh okay okay that wasn't right. that's very interesting um Valid point kevin do you mind if i if i jump in go ahead actually yeah, yeah. so basically you mentioned that you were interested in the second half of the you know the sakura arc right i was more so interested on the first half so for me, yes, where everyone's it was just favorite moment, just Sakura art. Can, can we all just agree that it was like it was the, it was the peak? Of it's the peak one? of the show. I think. Well, it's because it's a very. It's a hope I, I can't help it. It's a very emotional part of the show. <laughs> it it it, 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 sa it, it it says a lot about what's been going on and why everyone needs to stick together. Oh, definitely. Like for me, I think my favorite episode was Sakura's death investigation. Right. It was my favorite due to the level of selflessness from Sakura, and the emotion. From Asahina and the willing yes. to, the willingness to let others die because she thought that they'd drove Sakura to suicide. The level of friendship there is just beyond anything, right? And the whole episode nine lockroom murder was very intriguing. Like I was thinking, I was I remember initially watching it and then rewatching it, and I'm like, how the fuck did she how did who killed her? And the room was locked. And then I was like, yeah, oh, was shit, like, man. That yeah. popped yeah, my head. Yeah, you don't think like, of suicide as a potential thing. You like, don't. Because there's no reason for suicide. You don't. And like, there's you, nothing in the listed in things. the rules saying that you can't kill yourself or anything like that. I think what I did enjoy about the episodes is that you could also join in with the investigation, right? I felt that I was, I really wanted to know. I was like, I'm, I'm, I was taking notes originally when I was watching the show. And this is back in the day, let's say, when the show came out. I was, I was like making notes. I was like, how is it? Because I was watching it simulcast, and someone's like, "How is it that she was able to do that?" Right? 
And I could have looked down on Wikis or whatever, but I was trying to figure out myself and I was just shocked at how a murder can be committed in a locked room. And I think when reevaluating after the trial, you notice the hints within within the investigation itself. So you notice it after the trials happen. Um, like, it, it's something that you don't necessarily realize, but she's smiling when she's dead, right? Yeah. So she knew what she was yeah. doing. And when you look back at the episode, because it's in there, they've, they've done, they put that in on purpose so that you know that she committed suicide but you wouldn't you wouldn't have realized it at the time right so it's those little well, it's just how the it's how the show is structured it's because they have such an emphasis on kill another person get away with it and you graduate that you don't think of the possibility of suicide because if you kill yourself there's no benefit to there it there isn't and th that's why i mentioned it's so selfless because she done it for for the others basically so uh, you know it it's it's a very beautiful thing and i think sakura thanks that's that for giving me that great moment another favorite moment of mine is mondo's trial right um specifically oh, towards the end of this trial <laughs> where i didn't you look I, i'll is it his I'll death scene this. it's it, right before his death uh where he reveals the the reason his secret you know how everyone had their secrets and they you know that the, the sort of thing that's supposed to drive them towards um killing right his one was that he was responsible for his brother's death um, the regret that he had was really heartbreaking and I felt that to me it felt like he kind of wasted his chance at life that his brother gave him right so his brother effectively took his own life so that Mondo would live so he he pushed his brother out the way and got hit by a truck and you know his execution scene was my favorite as well it was very befitting to Mondo and the Mondo butter thing at the end was funny but because it, it kind of lightened up the mood for me otherwise it would have been a very depressing thing I was like ah. Oh, I was thinking, Mondo, look, I get it. I don't understand why that led you to murder. Don't get me wrong, but I kind of understood why. Because he might have felt that, look, I don't want to waste this life that my brother sacrificed to give me. And that was very heartbreaking. And I was just like, damn it. It doesn't excuse what you did, Mondo. But I was literally, I was crying. I was like, damn it. Really? Damn. Wow. Damn. Literally, okay. Mondo's death really got to me. I didn't even like wow. him as a character. But his yeah, death really got to me. It's weird because when the characters commit murder... And Don Gorompa, Trigger Happy Havoc, it's like, you can't really forgive them. No, you can't. But there's a, there's this underlying reason for it that you just sympathize with. But that's it's, not the case with all the characters, help. though. Let's be no, honest. No, far from it. No. I, I think it'd be disingenuous to imply that all the characters You know, actually, you're that. right. I, 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 I'll say that for most of the characters because I freaking hate Celeste's trial. She's yeah, I was about bitch. to mention Celeste as a counterpoint. Like, she did it for the, for, you know, for them dollar dollar bills. She just, for she no just wanted a castle. She wanted freaking, like, vampires in her fucking, like, fantasy that would never happen. Yeah, but, I like, that. man, I, I just feel that Mondo, I never cared for him. And even in his death, I was like, all right, guess he's dead. Because I felt it was so goddamn cliche, you know, like this, he's about to die. And they're like, oh, shit, we didn't, oh, we didn't develop his... Heart. We didn't develop his character enough, and he's got like <laughs> 20 seconds of screen time left before he dies. We gotta develop him. Sort of like, oh shit, let's uh, drop this. Uh, the, the funny this thing bombshell, is, the sudden relevation about his past. You know, this sob story to make people feel for him. The, fu the funny thing is, is that if you actually played the game, well, I don't want to be that guy that says this, but it's just good for everyone to know it, when when you're actually playing the game and you go through the um, free time events. He does mention his brother. So a lot of these things, a lot of these secrets that are in the show alludes to these free time events that you would experience within yes, the game. Unfortunately, the show doesn't 
touch upon the retime events, which is something we'll talk about a little later. But it, it, it's it's a shame because there's a lot of nice context in the game that just isn't shown in the anime. But of course, if you haven't played the game, then you wouldn't know about that. Yeah, yeah, so that's like a whole different issue. Um, Kevin, am I right in saying that the Sakura... Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty clear that it's definitely the the highlight of, of the first season. And for me, I mean, I'm not going to repeat what you guys have already said, but for me, um, again, what really got me was it was Aoi's reaction to Sakura's death, right? And the way she dealt with it. I, I feel that in her trial, right? I was still kind of, I suspected that she committed suicide, but I would kind of been like double mind fucked, right? During the trial, because I was like, okay, so somebody definitely killed her right? She may have committed suicide, but I think somebody killed her. And then I was like, I killed her. And I was like, wait, what the fuck? I thought they were friends, right? So I was like, oh shit, is, did Aoi just put on, you know, um, this facade? Yeah, I was like, did she just put on this facade to Well, that's interesting because, um, because the first person that died also put on the facade to murder as well, in the same vein. Am I right in saying that? The idol, forgot her name, she's so irrelevant. Maizuna? Well, it, yeah. I, I'd say it's a different case because she was trying to frame somebody else. Aoi just straight up admit, like was saying she killed her. Yeah, but at the time, yeah. at the time of watching, I assumed I was like, "Oh shit, man, is she like Maizuna? Like, like what? Like?" Well, we have to we have to assume. Uh, well, assume that like Saiko was the one who ended up killing Leon. Like then, if Makoto was framed and there was no way to prove that Makoto wasn't the killer then Sakura would have gone away. So I would say it, it's they're very cer- different circumstances with, with that compared to Sakura's trial and Aoi's admittance to the murder. But there was that, right? And then she reveals that, okay, no, uh, she didn't actually kill her. She just wanted to say that to, to, try to get them to accuse her and, you know basically get back everyone that she thought was responsible right so it's pretty fucking dark right i wouldn't i wouldn't view it the same way as bish did saying oh my god it's such an endearing uh you know display of friendship right <laughs> but uh it goes to show just how much uh sakura wait, wait. means that way right wait 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 so you're not saying it's it's the ultimate friendship story i think it is kevin to die I mean, for your friend psa uh at, here at gelp uh we and our sponsors do not support killing other people or framing other people for crimes for the sake of friendship uh that is bish's that's bish's view and bish's oh, that's view not alone. my view don't, don't, <laughs> don't get it twisted that's not my view I'm, I'm just saying like the fact that she loves her so much that she was willing to sakura die for was her. the mom of the group did you say sakura is the mom of the group yes no like she looked no. over everyone no, she was like not. i want everyone to be happy no she's not the mom of the group yes no. is. sakura is like the fat kid yes like, she is no no, no. sakura is like the fat kid in the sense that she just wants everyone to be happy like that's that's just me like that's how i was in high school i just want everyone to be happy and i was a fat kid right so that's what sakura is that's oh you know d- no no that's no, how no. i see I, it no but sakura is not the mom so, of the group uh, who's the to mo- add to add, to add to li- bish's list of you know never-ending list of weird ass fetishes apparently he sees himself as this super muscular buff like well brown skinned japanese girl with that's white what hair. that's it man i am i am sakura. that's bish sexually identifies as sakura that's it that's Dude, no, I, I, I imagine him looking like sakura's original uh artwork like original style <laughs> like like in like official official uh, art for the game, which looks legit. Where she actually doesn't look super buff; she looks like a normal <laughs> high school girl. That's me. and it's actually it's kind of like night and day. That's it, man. Uh, the, the funny thing is with Sakura, right? It's 
I don't want to say this, but I kind of hated her initially. And then after this scene, rewatching a couple of times, and because of the friendship, Kevin, Jesus Christ, man, you guys don't see what true friendship is. Because of the friendship, I found it a bit more bearable, and I've actually grown to She's love. She's one of the Sakura's one, one of that. the few characters that I, I think was really well developed. Honestly, definitely. Right? Um, I found Mondo and shit like I didn't give a shit. Honestly, I did not give a shit about most of the other characters and the funny thing is kevin it's it's weird to kind of compare it to the game the game doesn't really i don't feel that the game does sakura justice in comparison to the anime the anime does sakura a lot more justice like i i don't know i've always kind of ignored sakura like i never really gotten to speak to sakura in terms of free time in terms of anything and now after even after watching this anime again for like the third time, I was like, oh shit, man, I'm going to replay Danganronpa and I'm actually going to talk to Sakura and I'm going to learn about Sakura. The game doesn't really give you that incentive to talk to Sakura as much as the anime kind of does. Do you see what I mean? I mean, I don't think it's a matter of incentive. That's kind of an unfair comparison because there's no incentive in the show because it's a show. They present it to you, right? So it's kind of, it's only your... It's your own personal bias. I think bias, he's referring to right? the fact that characters are pre- present themselves in a certain way, and the game gives you the opportunity to look more into those characters. So I wouldn't call it incentivization. It's more like when you when you go to the game and you're like, hey, I want to learn more about Sakura, it just doesn't really do enough to justify the free time with her. I'm not sure I understand, but all right. Because no, for me, it's kind of the opposite, right? The game, if you're interested in Sakura, you have the opportunity to go talk to her, right? That's like saying. Well, that's why. That's why I said. Yeah, exactly. So, wouldn't the game do a better job of representing her? It, it lets you dive deeper into the characters if you want to, right? Whereas the show doesn't give you that freedom because it's a show, right? It doesn't have the time. Well, to I spend thought what Bish was saying was like Sakura, like representation within the anime was just better. Yeah. In the game itself. That's it. For, that's not what I got from Bish. What I got from Bish was. When I first played the game, I wasn't interested in Sakura, and then I watched the anime, which forced me to to know about no, Sakura, and now I'm interested. That's not that's not what it is, and it was more of that's, what that's exactly what, what it sounds Joe like. Said. Though. Me and Joe are on the same level. Joe gets it. Okay, Joe gets it. All right, sure. Oh, oh you're dismissing me right <laughs> there, mate. All right, sure. <laughs> we are Danganronpas. Yeah, that's it, Danganronpas. That's we're basically Mondo and what's his name again? Ishimaru. That's what we are. How dare you? What do you mean how dare me? He 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 is like one of the best boys uh, in that show. Ishimaru. Ki- Kiyotaka? Yeah, uh, Kiyotaka Ishimaru. Uh, best uh, Okay, we'll get in we'll get onto this uh later on when we talk about characters. Oh hang on. I have, an- I have another favorite moment that isn't surprisingly episode Um it's episode seven, and if I'm correct, that isn't related to Sakura. That is the episode right before with Celeste and I honestly forget his name because he's completely fucking useless. Fat monkey kid. Oh, fat. Why are you um, calling like, monkey kid? Like, if will be Yamato. Obi Sukong, you know, like. Wow. Yeah, the uh, the fanfic yeah. writer. Yeah. Um, I just like that <laughs> not because <laughs> the director of the characters, because the director. Sorry, the not the director. The characters <laughs> are just shut up. The characters. <laughs> sorry. Continue. The characters. That's the real Celeste and Monkey Kid are fucking terrible, in my opinion. Yeah, they're the worst characters. I felt no connection to them whatsoever, but the murder was really interesting because, like, I think it was the first time where... Actually, I think, like, three or four people died in that episode, right? I don't remember who died exactly, but there was a lot going on. 
right? The victims were Hifumi and Kiyotaka. But there was uh, people that were injured as well, no? Yeah, injured, and then the people who are faking being dead and shit, right? So, like... Well, well Fubi is the one who was faking his death, so Lest pretended to get to become injured. Yeah, so because of that, I thought that was like, oh shit, four people just died, right? What's going on? Because um, they'd be trying to uncover the case, and after suddenly, you know, somebody else would supposedly die, and it's constantly evolving, right? It keeps you at the edge of your seat. Um, and that's what I like about it, right? It's kind of like a thriller, almost. Uh, you don't really know what to expect, and there's constantly some something that's going on. Um, whereas the other uh, the ep other episodes, right? The victim dies at the beginning, and then it kind of the, the tension kind of goes down gradually from there as you unpiece slowly what's going on. But with that episode, it's it, it maintains that that adrenaline throughout. One thing I didn't like about that episode really was the fact that there was no for Hifumi like there was no sort of motive for him. Like he was helping out. He was completely out. fucking useless. He's such a cuck. Like he, why? Why did he do that? I didn't. I never understood. Like it, he was sucking Celeste's lady dick. That's why. I never. No, but I never understood that because there's nothing he's gaining from it. He knows he's gonna die anyway, even if he does vote. No, like, but Mo, I think Monokuma explained why though. He was like, "Oh yeah, there's a mechanic where um, you know, I never said you couldn't assist someone else with the murder, right? So you can both get away or something. I don't know. No, no, you can't. Okay, so it's actually the opposite when. When you have an accomplice, only the person who concocted the plan graduates. Oh, okay. So I guess he's a complete idiot then. That's what I'm saying. So it's like that to me. That never made any sense. And I was like, it, it was his. No, it's because he wanted to uh, to get closer to Alter Smash? Ego, and oh. because he he fell in love with Celeste. S as well. Smash with Alter Ego. Oh well, yeah, sure. Hey, me for Smash. Um, <laughs> DLC. But yeah, like, it's. She's she's the DLC. Uh... He's like the, he's like King K. Rool, you know, just fucking like stomps on people with his belly. <laughs> You know, somebody's probably working on a mod for that. Don't don't oh, even at me. That's too much. Okay, but but anyway, like you make a. I like that you mentioned that that case because that case also does uh, is also a good example of how the rules play a part in the the trial itself. Because the whole like twist with that was how the body discovery now has been played at certain times and played for the two of them, which is how they were they were able to unravel that Hufumi was still alive at one point. Like that was that was really cool. To, that was really cool to me when I saw it for the first time. But yeah, for for me, that's, that's basically it. I mean, the highlights still got to be uh, episode eight and episode nine. Right, Sakura's whole arc there. She was one of the the few characters where I was like, "Yep, she's well developed." Right, you feel for she it. She was, like, yeah. It's a shame to lose her. And as you said, um, unlike the other other characters, right? Joe, you said that her, her death was meaningful, right? She really made the characters unite against Monokuma, and I completely agree there. It was, her, yeah. Her, it wasn't in vain. It was, yeah, like, her, some significance. Her death it. was significant, right? It wasn't just a checklist to reduce the amount of players, right? Uh, whereas, you know, for the first few deaths, it's kind of like, whatever. It's just kind of there for shock value, right? It's just there because they need someone to die for the plot to progress. But with hers, it actually has an impact on the story right because with her death the the initial you know death game ends right and the the new arc starts right with the arc where they try to you know say fuck this game fuck that system we're going to get to the bottom of this and try to get at whoever's right. you know whoever's behind this right for sakura's death uh -huh. it, it encourages the mastermind to take more action which i found a lot more interesting than the killings themselves <laughs> Like it's not to say the killings themselves were un were uninteresting because I enjoyed them as well. It's just that second arc just had a lot of cool things going for it, and 
I guess while we're at it, let's let's talk about that for a bit. Just talk about like I guess we'll we'll also talk about the killings as well, like the story how it progressed from the beginning to that arc and to the end. So like, who wants to start? Um, for me, I I would like to start because I've got quite a little bit for the story. Um, mainly what I want to talk about in terms of story is the way it's structured, right? The story is structured very similarly to the game in terms of murder, then trial, then um. It's the only thing it's missing is a free time element, but I understand why they don't include it. I think you would have learned more about the characters without it, right? Um, I think it's the fact that it's also st structured in chapters. Like when you when you go into the show, the episodes are not labeled as episodes; they're labeled as chapters. So episode nine would have been chapter nine, like in the game, right? So it, it's kind of similar in that sense to God Only Knows because it's like a visual novel type setting that structure in itself causes suspense i think especially when having to wait a week before episodes air so that whole structure of you know right. this episode is the murder and the investigation the next episode is the trial so you have that week in between it's good that you mentioned like the whole week by week episode thing it's something i think like to mention but i guess we'll probably talk about it now the pacing of the show also helped with sort of spreading it out because you got to spend like a week a whole week theory crafting thinking about how this could have happened how this murder could have happened who the cobra could have been and like what the twist turns could end up being and i would say that was a part of the story too like you thinking about it between episodes. In a sense, it's very interactive. Yeah, it's yeah, exactly. It's interactive, and it adds another layer to the story that helps it flesh out more. I would say. But I think in in a, in a sense, that's only going to apply to the people that actually go home and do that. It doesn't necessarily apply to the people who like to binge. Yeah, watch yeah, the show. That, that's that's true. For people who are like binging it or just like, hey, like I'm not going to think about this too much. I'll just wait till next week. Yeah, I understand. Like even for me, like when I was watching it, even when I was rewatching the show, I wasn't binging it. I was taking the time to sort of rewatch each episode, like wait a, like a week or wait a couple of days. So I, I kind of kept it to an episode a day in that sense but because of, of the structure like that and like i said it doesn't necessarily work for, for people that are binging the show because it's like they're not necessarily gaining as much from it if you see what i mean and, and in yeah, that, that sense this, totally the structure kind of fails outside of that but yeah that's what i have to say about the story before we move on to kevin's uh did you notice like since we since we both played the game like th did you notice that there were certain moments that are actually different from the game as well like the anime had its own unique take on it i i've noticed that i think within the anime right and it's not something that is necessarily mentioned more so in the game i've noticed that there's a lot of sort of not necessarily changes in story but more so changes in sort of cameos i don't know if you if you know what i'm talking about like the game danganronpa was based off of because danganronpa was based off another game that was axed by the studio i forgot what the name was i actually mentioned it here are you referring to its beta it's beta but it was actually a game it was actually like a proper game and it had like there were gonna make it into it's the game that led to Dangarumpa, but i forgot the name of it are you thinking of distrust it had a particular name i forgot the name of it War. because distrust was the original beta distrust for, that's uh, it for Dangarumpa. a lot of references to distrust like um there's that room they show off a room like a like a classroom on the like the highest floor or something and there's blood all over the walls but if you noticed it, the blood wasn't pink, but the blood was red. That's a, that's a reference to the, a room within Distrust. So there's a lot of that sort of Easter eggs there. Like even hardcore Danganronpa fans are not necessarily going to notice, but it's it's that sort of attention to detail that you may not even see in the game um, that I saw there. But that's really what I meant by that. 
so anything else you want to mention before we move no, on? Not really. I think we can move to Kevin. All right. So well, yeah, before we get to me, I I want to learn more about you because I have a fair bit to talk about. So let's just I want to get yours out of the way. I'm very interested to hear what you thought about the story as a whole, like with the let's say like because you're you're somebody who hasn't played the game as well. So this is completely blind to you. Like this is beginning of the story to all the way to the the reveal of the tragedy and the end of the world and everything. So I want to know what you thought of it. Processed oh boy. It. Okay. Right, so in terms of the story, I found it to be, um, you know, pretty solid overall, but um, one problem that I have is that, uh, for the beginning at least, it really felt that, especially during the trials, that I was watching, like, an animated Let's Play on YouTube, I'm not gonna lie, and, and why do I say that? It's because, um, you kind of just skip through all the the clues and stuff, right? They just kind of, like, list all the clues at the crime scene, right? There's no exploration and all that, and I, I get that, you know, obviously that's a limit, right? You can't really expect well, that. would be more like a walkthrough. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of a, it's, it's a walkthrough because there's even less, like, freedom, right? It's just kind of like they're, they're going through all the evidence that you would normally find if you were to play the game yourself, right? There's no real time, in my opinion, for you to piece together what happened with the notable exception of Sakura's trial where I think that, you know, I was actually able to, to follow along with the, the clues and stuff because the characters themselves, you know, made some, they really commented on, on every little detail for that trial. But for otherwise, I, I find that um, the fact that you're basically watching an animated playthrough kind of removes the suspense, right? Because you know that the characters will always make the right choices, that they will catch whoever's responsible and stuff, right? So th the stakes don't feel as high, right? You feel like a spectator more than a participant, right? Um, and, and that's kind of a shame because I, I think one of the, the great things about Danganronpa is that, you know, is the stakes, the, the feeling of, you know, the thrill, the dread and all that. You don't know, you know, whether the character is going to choose correctly or not when it comes to the trial, you know, because from the beginning, right, they always say, if you choose the wrong person, everyone dies, right? So there's always that, that tension that's looming over every decision that they make. But in the show, unfortunately, since, you know, they kind of, they're, they're forced to uh, just go with the you know, quote-unquote correct path, there is no suspense, honestly, for the trials. And, you know, another thing is that it feels kind of rushed in a way. And again, it comes down to the medium, right? I'm not, you know, holding this against um, the studio at all. It's just that um, because every episode is one trial, right? And a trial normally la can last, you know, like hours, right? depending on how much you want to explore. You don't really have time to talk to the characters, to get to know the characters, right? Like, there there are some tidbits, you know, like, what's his name? There is Mondo, Mondo and um, the other dude there, his friend. Chihiro? Chihiro, yeah. Like, they they form a friendship, right? right? For the, the episode where he dies. And then the dude dies, and that's it. That's all. You don't really get... Kind of like that in the game as well, to, to be honest with you. Like that's how I feel. I, I would say it's you know it's it's a lot more better paced in, in the game as well, in, in the game I would say. Uh, even if they don't get mentioned afterwards, right? At, at least I feel that you you get to know them better, right? You get to sympathize with them a bit better. Um, in the show, I really don't feel it's the case. Like for the first murder, uh, what's his name? Baseball dude. Leon. See, like I have to look at my notes to remember their names because I only remember them because of their one distinctive trait. Well, right, and that's it. They don't really have any any notable motivations and stuff for me sure. uh on the most part and they're they're really one-dimensional right they're it's a shame too because th their designs are so distinct right so you can still picture them in your head but in terms of content in terms of depth of character i'm really struggling to, to 
you know, dig and find, you know, what their motivations were, their backgrounds and stuff, because the show doesn't really give you enough time to, to explore that, unfortunately. So in my head, they're all kind of characters, except for, you know, the ones who survived till the end and Sakura, right? Because those are the ones that they really took time to, to flesh out and to the detriment of the others, unfortunately. To that end, I would ask you this. Um, so the intent with the story is to make everyone feel like a main character. Did you get that feeling with the anime? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Everyone was designed like a main character. Again, the art direction was amazing. They No character felt the same, right? Yeah. You could not mistake one character for another. They had a very distinct visual style. And I think they really wanted to make everyone distinct in terms of personality too, because right? everyone has their central gimmick, right? Their, their main talent, right? Um, it's just a shame for me that they... In, in the show anyways, they don't really seem to, to go past that. They remain at this gimmicky, one-dimensional stage for the most part and never evolve past that, right? Like, for me, I was really disappointed at the end of the show because I was like, man, I'm sure there's something with Maizuno, right? Because they, they specifically draw attention to the fact that she knows uh, Naegi. Right? So I'm like, oh shit, maybe she's a yandere or something, right? Or, you know, sh maybe she's you know, part of the plan or part of the game or something, right? When she died. But nope, what happened was she actually died in episode two and we never really get to <laughs> get to see her again, right? Everyone kind of like almost forgets about her and it's just, you have no reason to, to feel invested anymore after their deaths. It's something that I really wanted to mention as well. And I, I'm sorry for butting in, but it's more so that every time looking at this game's sorry, looking at this anime story, it's there. And the, I feel that it's done on purpose to sort of promote the game. To me, it seems like an EA game, right? Where they give you the base game. It's like, oh, you got to buy all the DLC just to experience the rest of it. I feel that the anime in a way. I, I can't I can't say with that comparison because oh, that's, that's an extreme that's comparison. Game. right? That's all within the confines of a game. True. But that, that's an extreme comparison. Really what I want to say is that it, it feels like a teaser to me. It, it's it's an entry point into the world of Danganronpa as opposed to being a complete thing. Because otherwise, realistically speaking, otherwise they're not going to make money from the game if people are just going to watch the game. If you see what I mean, right? Well, of course the aspect of it would be for the promotion, yeah. but... And, but it's but a double-edged sword, man. It like, is a double-edged. People can be repulsed and decide, like, you know, if this is what Danganronpa the game is like, I'm not going to buy it because I didn't like the show, you know? Don't get me wrong but i mean at the same time more more often than not because it is a new thing and a lot of people are getting into danganronpa when they see it as an anime like at, at least from what i've seen here the funimation dub of not even the funimation dub the actual western release of danganronpa took out a lot of the promotional material in it so a lot of people don't feel that that this is sort of promotional material it doesn't really come across as that but if you watch the original like i watched it originally and there was like adverts for sony sony was actually paying for this show to be made they're on the production they're on the production committee you don't necessarily see that within the funimation version of the show right so it's like but, uh, but i mean even then i wouldn't i can't really say that's an excuse it's not an excuse. It's not an excuse for the show, right? But I find I understand why they do it because of that. Well, because I, I think there was still a bit of love that they were trying to put into it, just because they, they because they were again, it's why like what I said before, they were they were skeptical initially because they didn't think they would be able to fit Dr. Rumble with the, the funny like, thing is the funny thing is Joe. I just want to ask a question to you. Do you find? For example, there is other Danganronpa medium, right? For example, there is that animation, Danganronpa 3. Do you feel that in itself, that's a full piece of content? Am I correct in saying that? Because it needs to be, right? I mean, it has to because it, it completes the, the series. Well, I would say I would say it's just that. It's because 
that was the intent. It was, the intent was to make that a full flight. Like, they didn't want to make a game for it. They straight up, they wanted to only do it during the anime. But that means they could also pace it however they want this, to. This intent for the anime is to sort of fill, like, not necessarily, is to have the game to fill in the blanks, right? That's how I see it. It, it seems like a companion anime. It's not, I don't feel that it's meant to be, it's either meant to introduce you into Danganronpa or it's supposed to be a companion to Danganronpa. It's disappointing to think that, don't get me wrong, but I mean, it is what it is. The, the way I see it, there are two demographics, right? You're, you've either A, have or have not played Zagmaranpa, right? So for fans of the game, right? If you go into this already having played the game, already being a huge fan, you know, you might like it, but if you, you're like a newcomer like me, right? Um, you might not view it as a teaser or whatever, but you might see it as, you know, an adaptation of the game itself. And in that respect, because, you know, again, c because of the constraints of the medium, unfortunately, they, they have to go down with this really watered down version of the game itself. And it's, it's a shame, you know? Yeah, fair enough. But yeah, I mean, again, I don't really hold them at fault for it. Uh, the, like, in a perfect world, in my opinion, I think that if they had a bigger budget, maybe for like 24 episodes, right, then I think they would have been able to do a lot, right? Hmm. If Like maybe two episodes per murder or whatever, right, to give people time to explore, to talk to the characters before they die, that would have made it a lot more meaningful, right? Because right. not a lot, of, not a whole lot of deaths were meaningful, right? I think Sakura was the only one that really touched the survivors, whereas the other ones where it's like, as soon as they die, they kind of like disappear from existence you know nobody really talks about them remembers them one thing that i do want to mention because the game does have the free time events um if you're you're saying to pretty much make this a 24 episode anime if you would include the free time events which ones would you choose because if you're going to have a free time event with sakura literally the episode before she dies then you're going to know oh she's the next to die do you see what i mean because then you can all, you can only do the free time events in a certain order like you can't you can't do them in any sort of order after a certain point because the people would have died do you understand what i'm saying yeah but that's already how the show is right i'm not saying it's a perfect solution but at least it's better than what we have right now because like again mondo suddenly gets a shit ton of development in his death episode right so you, you, even that cliche is already present as is, so I don't see how it would make the show worse. That's a know? good point, and I and I do want to sort of contradict myself because even the show doesn't it within itself. The whole Mondo and Ishimaru thing becoming best friends. I knew one of them was gonna die as soon as yeah. I, I was like, someone's gonna die in the next episode. It's either gonna be Mondo or Ishimaru. Take your pick. It's it's that kind of thing. It's it kind of puts a bad taste in my mouth in terms of the story. But any other story points, Kevin? Because I know Joe has a lot to talk about. I think I might leave my final point until Joe's spoken because it's about the ending. And I think that okay. we should all talk about the sure. ending at the same time sure. because it's a, it's a pretty big yeah. point for me personally. It was a ride and a half, <laughs> just to say the least. Because uh, when I went through it, I was expecting, I, I was under this assumption that, hey, this was happening like, at the current, at the time they entered the school, like, people outside are, like, probably, like, trying to break in. Like, why is it, like, but at the same time, why can't you hear them? Like, why, why Wait, is there no sign? Quick question for you. To... Here are you talking about your impressions of the story as you experience them in the game or through no, the, the, the show? Anime. Okay. In the anime. I, I'm talking, like, this is from my first time watching it. Okay. Maybe it was also due to the pacing of it, but it just felt like this this ride just had no breaks where we went from hey they just went into this killing game that for some reason will start within the school and assuming people are trying to get in and save them and then we go to this this post-apocalyptic scenario where the entire world is destroyed like you see monokuma's everywhere and jugo's apparently put all mankind at 
at extinction. It goes zero to a hundred real quick. Yeah, exactly. Well, more like zero to like a thousand. It's just it's it's something I just didn't expect from that particular genre. Uh, well, I mean, even though I haven't seen Murder Mystery for myself for the first like before, I still had just this vague idea of how it would how it's structured, like how it usually turns out. But I did not expect it to reach those levels. That was insane for me so it, it, it was something that just blew my mind and something i enjoyed thoroughly and again since i was watching it while it was airing that means i had more time to process all of it between episodes but like with the main story aside though because like we're going to be talking about the tragedy together this is more of a comparison with the anime and the game because like this is for my this is for me when i rewatched it um i noticed some like when i, when I talked to bish before i mentioned the differences between the anime and the game but some differences i i noticed right off the bat just stuff i wanted to to make a note of were were when it came to like, the investigations for example where some some information was used in later parts compared to when they were using the game so for example a major example is during chapter two during uh chihiro's case kyoko in the game kyoko requests monokuma to pause the trial so they could go to chihiro's body and examine it in the anime kyoko just straight just straight tells everyone that he's a guy i guess that's once again time constraints no well yes yeah, so but it's not something that really affects the story that much would you yeah. say it's not something that affects us i'm not saying this affects the story this is just something i've noticed mm. like something that like i, I could help but mention just because, like, it's, it's interesting how they went through this, the design process of making the anime. But stuff I really liked about the anime were some unique moments that we didn't get to see. So, like, a big example is... So, you remember at the at the end, at, during, uh, during the end when they were doing the final investigation to find all the, the secrets of the school? They... There was... A, there were pictures that Monokuma gave to each student to throw them off. Yeah, I do remember that. In, in, in the game, they don't show you Toko's photo. But in the anime, they actually give you a glimpse of how it looks. And then you see everyone, like, j just so you guys remember, they, she has a photo of everyone during the winter time, like, making snowmen, running around the snow. And it's the same idea with Junko's face covered. I didn't necessarily notice that, but you've got an eagle eye, I guess. The, and then some smaller stuff that includes, like, the, the video viewing at, 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 during the first case with Makoto and Kyoko watching stuff together at the same time as Makoto finding it for himself. Um, the video being an SD card instead of a CD. Well, that that's probably uh, in an attempt to modernize it, I guess. I suppose so, but it's just like I love I love seeing stuff like that because it, it makes the anime stand out a bit. It, it gives it this freshness, even if it was like the intent was to sort of min minimize the amount of time. And then of course the Monokuma scenes, which which are are not nearly as dynamic in the game as they are in the anime. The anime took it to another level. That's true, yeah. I would say. Especially with the Monokuma rhythm game, the Monokuma song. Yes, the, with the with the rhythm scene and like Monokuma's just quirky animations while they were in the gym. It was just it was so I cool. I think like, they, I, they I, potentially I had that. more time to have fun with that. Because I remember in the game it was kind of sort of in a way it was all the same. It was all Monokuma's theater. It was all the same. It was just basically Monokuma telling a joke. It was. And the fact that the, the game used still like still images as well. Yeah, but while well, the animation gives everything more vibrant, makes everything more vibrant. I, I really did enjoy that. No, I'm not gonna lie. Well, I said before, I also mentioned the trial adjustments, where the mini games weren't as used as much as they were in the game naturally, which makes perfect sense. But in like the nonstop debate, which is arguably the greatest part of the whole trial system, it was modified to fit the animation style, which I really liked. Where it was, it, was, it had a normal discussion, which I mean, whether it was good for you or not is 
is really up to the individual. But how they weaved that did not stop the bait was was something I appreciated. It was fluid. It did feel forced. Mm. I kind of disagree. It was fluid to an extent until it got to the point where they were trying to do Hangman's Gambit. Because I did, I noticed that and I was like... Well, I'm talking about non-stop to base specifically. I'm not talking well, about okay, Hangman's Gambit. Okay. Yeah, because hey, the whole, like everything else definitely well, is a whole different story. But I'm just talking about the, just when we're going through testimony and shooting down statements. Which is the bulk fair of enough, it. Enough. But, uh, but other than that and a few other changes, that's that's really about it. So should we talk about the uh, ending? I do want I do want to talk about the tragedy. Like now that I've gotten my points out of the way because the tragedy is the biggest part of this. To me, it was like a it was a clusterfuck. Is it is it a good clusterfuck or a bad? No one? no no! It hit me. I was just like, what the fuck is this? like what? Juko is the mastermind. You don't expect something like that. Like they hit towards it, but then it goes like full on at the end, and then it's like, well, how did we it get? It made to this me point? really excited for the next games. <laughs> Just to know more about the story. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. In that sense, it did a good job. But I was just like, what the hell is... Junko, huh. Junko okay. is the, the mastermind in all this. And she had a twin sister and she killed her twin sister. She's really fucked up. And I was just like, what is this? What, like, what? what is this game? The, the Junko twist was crazy when I saw it for the first time. I just... They, they, they fooled me. Kodaka fooled Wait, me. hang on, hang on. You, you thought that Junko was actually dead for good? Oh, yeah. yes. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's because, well... You have to remember, I had no experience with Danganronpa going into it, so I did think of Junko as somebody that was major. Basically, Kudaka played you like a game. Yeah, he he, he played me like a f damn fiddle. Read you like a book. That's it, man. I, he done the same to me as well. well. Like, it was a good twist. Like they uh, handled it, it well. I wouldn't say it's a good twist. I mean, it was jarring, but for me, it changed well, I mean, the it, tone of the anime. They handled it well anime. in terms of like hiding it. Well, what was the tone before and the tone after the twist, Bish? I'm curious to know. I'm sorry. Because no, Bish says that it changed the tone. It, it was quite, to me, it was quite serious and there was a lot racing against it. And it was just, to me, it just seemed like the sadistic thing. And then it kind of became more than what it was. And I didn't really take it so seriously after that. After seeing what happened and the whole sort of the incident that occurred. I was just like, come on. Like, there, am I really supposed to believe that just, just a bunch of monokumas killing people? Like, I, I couldn't understand. It was a lot to fucking process. I, I have to agree. It was a lot to fucking, I was just like... Hold up, how- <laughs> It took away from the show for me, to be honest. It took away from the initial part of the show. I kind of agree with Bish. It changed where it was going. I was like, no, this is not where I wanted it to go. It's not like I'm saying I didn't like it, but well, I mean- I would say it was like sudden though. Like, for me, I find that the direction that they were heading in, like, was good because, you know, you obviously, right, it's not- The entire show is not just gonna be, oh, these- lol, these kids are trapped in this- this high school, right? You you have the feeling that there's got to be bigger implications, right? It's just what those bigger implications were or lack thereof was the thing that kind of disappointed me, right? Because um, I was expecting some sort of uh, like zero escape esque twist where it's like you know the world's gone to shit or something, right? And the world has gone to shit, but I was expecting you know Junko to have some like really interesting motivations and stuff, right? And but basically from what I understood, like literally in my notes, I just wrote that's it question mark because like I, I feel that. If I understand the plot correctly, basically all of that shit happened. Like the apocalypse and all that, all that shit happened because Junko wanted to cause despair or whatever. Unfortunately, the, the anime just does not do enough justice for Junko. I, I don't understand why she she's doing what she she does other than like lol well, I like that's despair. the whole point like you're not supposed to understand why it's just she she wants to feel that that despair of causing but that's the this. thing though for me is a 
as a viewer, right? I want to understand motivations. If it's just like, lol, they're crazy. Well, the, well, the thing is, you're not going to understand, though. Like, that that wasn't the intention. Like, you're not supposed to, like, as a viewer, you're not supposed to be the one who understands it. That's, that was the whole but If point. I can't understand it personally, I'm just frustrated, right? But Kevin, the whole point of that is, Joe makes a good point. You're not supposed to understand it because there is ancillary content, right? There's more content to consume after that. There's the second game, there's the anime. Well, no, yep. no, 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 that's not well, what I mean. Like, me, I mean, like, there's just, there's the point there's no understanding it. That's the whole idea with but it. But those things well, do get revealed I mean, revealed if that, if, if, the, if the point is that you do not understand, personally, I just don't like it, you know? For, for me, if it's just like, oh, lol, this happened because character decided it would happen, then... Well, it wasn't that she decided it would happen. It was just, like, her influence was just so strong that... It just feels like, you know, like, why did the world just get, like, why didn't the Earth just spontaneously fucking combust, you know? Like, hey, it happened... I mean, there's there's no logical chain of events that leads me to go, like, okay, I see why this happened, you well, know? that's what I mean. There is no logical thing with it. Like, her motives are not are illogical. That's the whole, like, appeal to it. I mean, at least with the Joker, right? You're like, okay, you see his backstory and you're like, shit, he, he, like, he's been through some shit, right? And he's fucking insane, right? But, like... Yeah, but how do you not know that Junko's fucking insane? She could be fucking insane. She isn't, she, no, she is insane. But it's just, we don't really find out enough about her, I feel, in the time that we're given. So, basically, all I understand is, lol, she's crazy. But even, even within the game, and this is something, a whole story thing, you don't necessarily find out the full reason as to why she did this. That's just not satisfying for me. I'm not saying that, you know. And Kevin, for me, I don't, I don't feel that you find, like for me, after playing all of the Dungarumpa games, and after playing V3, that's the final game. That's when I realized. I'm not gonna lie, I, I read through some of the wiki, because I wanted to find out, like, I'm like, maybe I'm missing something. Surely, there's got to be some sort of angle that I'm completely missing here, because there's no way that Junko would just do all this shit, because lol, she's crazy. There's got to be some deeper meaning, right? But... It's Kadaka, that's a Kadaka that way. That is a Kadaka way. And, like, I was expecting her to, like, come back directly or something in the other games, from what I understand. When, when I watched her die at the end, I was like... Yeah, okay, nice joke. She didn't actually die because, you know, they, they can't just be like, lol, she did, she's crazy, and then not explain anything, and then just have her die for real. Well, again, like, you can't assume that. That's just the style of the story. That's just... It's supposed to be illogical. You're applying a logical basis for something that's not meant to be processed. I enjoy that, you know, logic train of logical train of thought in my... in the content that I consume, right? Um... And if I can't really connect to it, personally, I just don't get that enjoyment. Maybe it's just me. No, no, I agree with you, Kevin. And that's why I said it kind of changed a bit towards the end. It kind of took a different turn. But that's because of the fact that the the, the beginning of the anime was so logical in, in, in the sense of, you know, you can figure out what's happening. You can put pieces together. And then the ending was so jarring in the sense that there's no sense of it. You can't make sense. No logic can explain it. I can say that, you know, the, the, the premise is fucking insane, right? Because there's this goddamn teddy bear that's like fucking torturing these kids or whatever, right? But it's because the, the, the premise is so goddamn illogical and insane that you want to find out more about it, right? And I just find the explanation to be extremely, extremely underwhelming. You know, it's kind of like <laughs> Game of Thrones season season eight, right? Like seven seasons of buildup and you're like, shit, all right, they got to have a good, a good conclusion, a good explanation for this. And it's like, nope, it's just... So, quick question to you, as uh, someone who's new to the Dangarumpa franchise, do you feel that this ending makes you want to find out what's happening in Dangarumpa 2, the game? Am I right? I just really want to know. 
again, to answer your question, Bish, I feel that, no, honestly, I'm not really compelled to to watch the next season, right? If if this is Kodaka style where it's like, oh, it's completely illogical, deal with it, I don't, I'm not going to explain anything, then I don't know if it's it's type of show or the type of game for me, honestly, because again, I really like to empathize with characters, right? I'm not saying that I have to completely understand why they do something, but at least see that there's some sort of, you know, continuity from from their past to, you know, their present selves and to see why they do what they do, right? And if I don't have that, I just feel that's not satisfying, you know? I'm not saying it's a bad show or, you know, the games are bad. It's just that for me personally, that uh, it's really important for me in characters, right? Like Sakura didn't just drop dead or whatever, right? She it was really clearly intentional, right? Every action that she did, you know, her she knew that you know her sacrifice would have an impact on the other characters. It would get them to to band together, right? To fight against whoever was behind that game, right? It was intentional. You see why she did what she did, and there was meaning. There's impact. Uh, in her actions, right? I, I just don't feel the same way about Junku. Maybe if they had found a way to, you know, make the movie reveal up a bit earlier, right? You'd have time to really connect with Junku or understand her a bit more. But all I really know about Junku is that, you know, A, she died in the, like the first episode. And B, she's the one behind it and she's crazy. And that's why she did it. The fact that Junko seemingly died in the first episode made it all the more shocking that she came back do you see what i mean like i didn't expect that, that exactly yeah like for, I, me, for me i i kind of expected that because i was like there's no way that they went through all of this crap just to kill off kill off a character like after five minutes of screen time and then never use them again you know because that it, it's kind of like Chekhov's gun you know like you're not gonna leave a right i, mean, I would argue if you're saying that because like because you've already seen the twist with it so like now suddenly it all makes sense like the whole because at the beginning you don't really expect i called be- it from the beginning from episode one i was like calling it right now drunko is the one behind this because there's no way i was just like there's no way that they would just kill off a character like that uselessly right at the beginning if she was actually dead, then I would like I was shocked with Mazuno because I was expecting the same thing from Mazuno. I was like, no way that Mazuno was dead this early. There's got to be some implications. And when it turns out that she was actually dead, I was like, she, if someone has to be the first, no? But not like five minutes into into the show, right? You know, at least Mazuno got like the trial and shit. You got into you know the actual content of uh, of the game. You know the trials and all that. Junko's death for me. You know, it was an outlier, right? She just fucking... No, but to me, like Junko's death made sense because it, it, it kind of shows what Monokuma is all about. Monokuma doesn't take shit from people. So to me, it, there was a reason for Junko's death, at least at the time of watching, because I felt that Monokuma is doing a power move. He's trying to make sure that everyone knows that you can't fuck with Oh, him. yeah, sure. Like, that's I mean, how it felt to me. I didn't really see it like... I completely agree. I'm not saying that, you know, Junko's death was unreasonable or lo- illogical. I'm just saying that... It, it stood out from the others, right? No, no, it stood out, but don't don't get me wrong. Like, I didn't see... I didn't predict that she would be the uh, mastermind because of that. Do you see what I mean? I see where you're coming from, but I, at, at the time of watching, I never really understood... At the time of watching, it was more of, like, a reality check of, like, anybody could die at any moment. As opposed to, this is the mastermind, that's why she died. Um, I didn't really connect those pieces together. And I think a lot of the viewers watching wouldn't have connected those pieces together um and it goes back to the point when you when you're saying about the whole uh, what's it called i forgot his name now kodaka logic right i think it needed to be there right there's no there's no explaining it 
because it, it kind of goes on with this universe. It's world building. Imagine Danganronpa as the first sort of. You, you're just getting into it. Do you see? Do you see what I mean? Like that's how I see it. I don't really see it as having to understand. I don't need, see that there's a need to explain Junko's motives this early in the whole story that is Danganronpa. Right? It's it's like explain like Dragon Ball. Like I'm going to take it in terms of anime. Dragon Ball right had the original series and they had z and then they had all those spin-offs afterward but you're not going to explain what's going on you're not going to understand everything that's going on in the original dragon ball series until you get to z right in that same sense and then it all kind of makes sense that's how i see kodaka's sort of vision for this series and even this sort of first game story that's how I saw it. I, I I get that it's important to tease and stuff. And you're, you're not going to reveal everything in the first game. It's for me that important distinction here between the point that you were trying to make and the way that I interpreted Danganronpa was that um, in Danganronpa, right? I, from what I understood, it was basically after like you know searching through the wikis and stuff, talking with people. It, like from my understanding, it was just it was Junko is fucking crazy and she likes despair. Right? There's no other motivation than that. Whereas I feel that what you're referring to is they do have a motivation, but you don't fully comprehend it, or you you're only given a piece of it in the first game. Right? If if Junko had lived or whatever and escaped or whatever, then I'd be like, okay, it's clear that you know there's still some shit going but on. But the fact that I Junko's gotta, dead really... sort of leads onto it. Kind of makes everything else more shocking when you find out what's going on. But that's the thing. I, I'm just like. Okay, I guess she's dead, and that's a wrap. You know, I don't, I don't really feel that. That's what Kodaka wants you to think. I know it's a bullshit reason for me to give you, but that is what Kodaka wants you to think. Yeah, it is kind of bullshit. But I mean, Kodaka's all about that that's bullshit. That's it. There's, I know it's, it's very unsatisfying to hear that, but that's kind of what it is, and it's, it's genius in that sense. But that's, that's how it is. It's a very interesting way of story writing. Mm. Unique. That you don't really see often. I mean, it's not that no nobody else has done it before, but it's it's something that's just it's something you have to get used to, really. It's not like I'm not saying that you personally, just saying something, saying that in general. Mm. It took me a while to get used to it as well. Well, thank you guys for like telling this, telling us about what it is that made made Don't up the animation for you, whether it was negative or positive. Just to to sort of wrap everything up, I just want to talk a little more about the work that went into the game. Like how, like the production, what it took to make the animation a reality aside from the source material. And like, first I want to talk about, well, we've talked about the video and we've talked about the video aspects of it. The animation, the art style, Studio Lark, and their, their way of using lines, their way of coloring, it, it pops out. Like, what do you guys think? What do you guys think of Studio Lark's style in that regard, along with the the character designs from the source so material? For me, I find that the animation is not necessarily doing it as much justice. Um, in terms of scenery, you get a lot more detail than the game, uh, in terms of like vibrant colors, etc. But the characters seem a lot flatter. Like the colors that are used to to color in the characters seem a lot flatter than the game. The game seems a lot more sharper. Well, the, oh, oh, actually, no, I, I know what you're, I kind of see what you're talking about, and I think about it, They're, the colors are a lot yeah, brighter. and it's just, it, it kind of seems a bit washed out at that point, point. I'm like, okay, and it, it does kind of help to give that atmosphere, and the fact that there's using a lot more brighter colors takes away from the atmosphere compared to playing the game, because the game is quite dark in comparison, and I don't understand why they might have done that, might have been some sort of issue, but yeah. 
it might have been a design choice or it might have just been a mistake, but I don't see... I think it would have benefited more if they kind of stuck a little bit more faithful in terms of colours. But in terms of artwork, it's very great. And obviously that is artwork taken directly from the game or slightly modified in that sense. Um, yeah, I think for me, in terms of my notes, um, it's all very faithful. Even the fact that they used pink. The the reason for, for those who are new to Danganronpa, the reason why they, they used pink blood was to lower down the Sarah rating of the game. So that the game doesn't become an 18 plus. So the, they didn't necessarily need to include it in the anime, but it's lovely that they did, right? So I'm glad that they did uh, include the pink blood. That was something really that it's eventually become a staple at this point. That's just what Danganronpa it, is. Now it has, like it's become synonymous with Danganronpa. Well, ec well, except for uh, for uh, V3, but not V3. Uh, Danganronpa 3, the end of Hope Academy. The future arc actually does have uh, like real blood in it. It was just funny because I think uh, the spare arc has pink blood. Pink yeah, blood that's in correct. It. It's an interesting dichotomy, and I think if we ever kind of talk about uh, uh, Rampa Three on Kunai, I think that would be something very interesting to talk about. It, I think it's even it's it's very sort of interesting in the sense that the focus of the anime isn't necessarily on the horror or the gore. I think it's the focus is is on solving the mystery, and I think it's evident when they choose not to show certain corpses, right, or the fact that they choose not to show particular details because in the game that they they showed certain details the anime doesn't necessarily show all of the details like for example um not showing burnt corpses i forgot her name her hand or anything like that like the fact that they're not showing that and they're just sort of implying it through story i think it, it's it's it works in a sense uh i know that's not necessarily art style but i've written it in my art style bit the animation is quite smooth i think even the animation for the places during the trial you know the, the guns firing the fact that the, the the trial room sort of spins around to do that is very very difficult and i'm surprised that they did that um i, I found it hard i couldn't quite tell whether it was 3d animation because you could do that quite easily in 3d you just pan the camera around or if it was 2d if it was if it was all like 2d animation or partly 3d I thought that was amazing the fact that they were able to do um things like that it's it's very unique and you don't necessarily see that in a lot of anime the way that the animations are, are carried out right and it's not necessarily expected yeah, that, that's what well. i like about studio lark like studio lark just is able to stand out even when they make adjustments to the original source material and like, i love that and that's really what i have to say on the art style and animation i pretty much said my piece on on it along with you bish uh but, uh, Kevin, what do you think of it? Well, I mean, I, I think I really kind of said everything in my first impressions, right? It was one of the first things that stood out to me. But a funny anecdote is that I was like, for the death scenes, I remember watching it the first time. And I was like, God damn, that looks fucking amazing, right? And I was like telling my roommate about it. I was like, yo, fucking animation is amazing. And he was like, oh, yeah, what, what scene stood out to you? And I was like, yeah, the death scenes, you know, when the character's on. And he's like, bro. <laughs> You know that's from the game, right? Yeah, that's, that, <laughs> I was like, that's direct oh, from the game. That's I, not even the studio that done it. Yeah. Yeah, so I was like, does it really count? <laughs> the animation's fucking amazing for those scenes. I'm just like, man, in retrospect, does, does it really count if it's not the studio, you know? Because it's, yeah, it's part of the anime, but... They actually adjust the uh, scenes a bit to match the uh, the match of style of the anime. If you, if you compare the... If you compare the original game's um, execution sequences the new games uh, not the new games the the anime's execution sequences you can see more of a uh more of a still image interpretation of it 
Like, you could tell, like, they're, it's more, like, frame-by-frame frame and shaded compared to the original. Like, it's actually really cool if you look at the comparisons. I think the anime did it just a little better, just because I love how the style works with the executions. I, I still think, Joe, that I think it, it was probably slightly modified from the show. I don't think it was done all from scratch. Well, no, no believe me, I, I remember exactly the, those executions down to a T. They were one-to-one. -one. But yeah, that, that's basically it. Honestly, I mean, it was just, I, I've already said multiple times that, you know, honestly, it's it's really well done. Not quite up to snuff as the game in terms of the coloring, but just overall, the, the, the lines, again, are really good. And the death scenes, really good. But again, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure if that counts because, you know, it's from the game. But either way, uh, it really has uh, a distinct style, right? And I, I go back to the character design, right? More than anything, right? Because you can have good art, but if your character designs are bland, it doesn't really amount to anything. It's all about that emotion, all about that emotion. Yeah, the, the characters really have... The character designs have more personality than the characters, than the characters themselves. themselves. How did I know you were going to say that? I... <laughs> because Kevin, Kevin is just predictable. Kevin is predictable. Except maybe Sakura, you know, like... I True. But that's because Sakura has more time. Yeah, if, if anything, Danganronpa is amazing when it comes to character designs. They always stand out. Um, I... I really want to jump into because this is actually the one. The funniest thing is for all of the Danganronpa notes that I've taken, I've taken most notes on the music. And it's it's weird, isn't it? Lol, that's like a stark contrast to mine. <laughs> it's, it's like three, four pages on the music, the opening and the ending. The music is great, and I, I really want to talk about the opening and the ending. Uh, for me, the opening music is very reminiscent of games, like like Persona 3. You know, with the rap vocals. Personally, I'm like, I'm not a fan of it. Although I like the segment where the... It's, yeah, it sounds a lot like Lotus Street. Yeah, it's, it's, I'm not used to it. But I, I like the segment where the, where the female voice is saying, just do it, go for it. You know, that bit where Monokuma is like dancing and he's like, you know, you know the Monokuma dance? Just do it. Go for it. That bit, that bit when Monokuma is dancing, I found it, it was, awesome. it was so sexual. I was like, what is this? I, but it was so weird. They, they actually referenced that again in the, uh, in Ultra Despair Girls. If you shoot Shirokuma with the music bullet. He starts dancing. It's weird. But I think the song itself yeah. is no. It's it's called uh, "Never Say Never." And looking at the song in more detail, it is never uh, say never. It's the song itself is explaining the struggles that the characters may face during the killing game. So it's kind of like in World God Only Knows how you have the the song that pretty much explains the story. The the um, the OP is there, but I think the OP, by the way, fun fact, it's all in English. Uh, for those who don't necessarily know, it's it all, is in English. It's actually all funny. in English. And to be honest with you, I think that the ending is much better. I feel that they should have switched places. I think the ending should have been... Uh, I disagree uh, entirely. I, I, I'll, I'll explain why. But I think the, the ending is more hype. The it shows the nature of the show, the, the, the nature of the killing game, how crazy and energetic it is, how manic it is. I like the chip tune sort of fading in it, in the instrumental, because it kind of refers to the game. The chip tune is the best part of it. It kind of so solidifies that it's a game. And it, and it also sort of solidifies that it's a game for Monokuma. Like, this is all Junko's game, right? So that whole chiptune in the track sort of solidifies that fact for me. Yeah, you see the, like, I, I neglect to mention it earlier. You see the aesthetic a lot in, in the show. You have, like, about how it's all a game. And, like, you see these 
the sp- the sprite work for That's the characters. It. The sprite work and the fact that you know, even towards the end with the um, when they're saying this person has been charged with whatever and they're taking them away to be executed. That's all sprite work as well, so it's it's very interesting in that sense. And that one, it's the ending is known as Setsubo Sei Hiro Chiro Yaku. It's Setsubo Sei Hiro Chiryaku featuring I, I don't know what it is, but I mean, it's I find the ending is a lot better than the opening, and I think they should have been switched around. I would I would agree with that. Yes, but I agree with that, but I can't agree with the fact that they sw- if they were to switch it around. It just it's never say never was like you know what. It, a good analogy: a mother cradling a baby, easing them into the cradle. That that was me. No. The opening. They should have eased. Look, if I heard "Never Say Never" towards the end, I, I it would have sort of kept me calm for the next episode. But the fact that the ending was so sporadic, and I was just like, "Oh, I really want to watch. I want to watch the episode now." I, you know, I felt very unrest. Like I felt very restless in that sense, and I didn't like that. I wanted that to be at the beginning to get me hyped for the show, not to get me hyped for the next episode. I wanted to. I like endings to be kind of sort of cool, especially when you have a lot of crazy stuff that goes on i like how you said that cool Cool. like you you have a lot of crazy shit that goes on and sometimes you want to diffuse that right you want to be like cool you know every anime i always say this every anime has to have a chill ending well to that end well if you saw something insane at the end of the episode then you heard never say never then you'd feel you'd feel at ease yeah but i think that adds to it no well no it would be the same idea like because if you're restless from the last episode then it wouldn't change if you were to see something and say during let's during say we did a switch it i think there's a lot more cases where never say never would work at the end as opposed to the beginning that's just my personal opinion especially after episodes where people just died you see what i mean especially your favorite characters you're like oh no do you know what i mean i don't want to i don't want that crazy i don't want to hear that okay especially after a certain character died i don't want to hear that it worked i don't know maybe it's just me but it works so well this is, these are like my favorite parts of of the anime for me it's stuff like this that makes the anime stand out for me because it's stuff you'll never get to see if you only play the game stuff you never get to see or hear rather so like never say never and the op- like the openings and eggs in general while we're talking about it they they just stand out so much they they 100% define what Danganronpa is what it's supposed to be I have it saved I have both tracks saved on Google Play actually I listen to it like every other day <laughs> hardcore because they're just it's so uh, good to be me. honest with you i don't know kevin do you have any thoughts on the opening and ending before i go into the rest of the music honestly just pretty much what you guys said but for the opening for me it's more so the opening that that stood out honestly not so much the ending it's just because like the opening i it's really like monokuma's theme right it's not it's not the character's theme it's really monokuma's theme and it's really like playful and lighthearted. and again it really hammers down the point that you know it's a game and that's what's kind of fucked up because like you know just before you're watching like you know these kids die and shit and kill each other and like it just it it, all that is prefaced by this cheery ass weird song you know you're just like what the fuck i never i didn't even think of it as cheery honestly that did that that song did not come up as cheery to me it felt it felt like it was putting salt in the wound i would say well that's the thing though it is is the contrast well it's maybe just how the vocals like were came to me when I heard it, it sounded like something that was, like, emphasizing what happened before. Like, that's why I think it's so perfect as an ending, because, like, it puts... It, it reminds you that something insane just happened before. 
and now you're gonna have to live with it. Jumping in directly into the rest of the music, right? Surprisingly, Joe, I was kind of disappointed. The OST for the anime is very disappointing, right? It's it's considering that it is music from the game. I'm not expecting any new music. I don't. That's not what I'm disappointed about. The game has 70 audio tracks. We only saw short snippets of the best tracks. You know, we only saw Trial Underground when we're going down the elevator. Trial Underground, that that whole, you know, that bit there. That's that's the that's the menu music before you go into a trial, right? And they're playing that. And they're playing that as you're going down the elevator. It doesn't make sense because there's a different track when for the music that as you're going down the elevator, right? Honestly, the fact that we heard music at all kind of killed that elevator, the elevator scenes for me. Just because they were meant to, like, have no sound, to have no suspense. Like, to have some kind of suspense. But the, the funny thing is, know? Joe, even within the game, when you're going down the, the elevator, there is music that's playing. Is no, there? there Wait, maybe maybe I'm not no, remembering it, but Trial Underground is definitely not supposed to play. That doesn't make sense. Why why is Trial Underground playing during that bit? I, I'm not saying. But I mean, like when I was watching it for the first time, like I didn't really pay attention to the to the music itself. Just be like it doesn't stuff that stood out to me until I played the game. The the music is great, but I mean, as awesome as some tracks are, we hear them all the time. Like there's 70 tracks, but you're playing the same track all the time, and I guess. Maybe it's for consistency. Yeah, I noticed, like, when I was rewatching it, I noticed that immediately. Like, they were using a lot of the same tracks. It, it kind of felt like Scooby-Doo in the sense that every Scooby-Doo episode will always have the same music when there's an investigation going on or where there's whatever. In Danganronpa, even in the game, that's not always the case. So in, I don't understand why the anime has 70 tracks to choose from, yet they always play the same one. And that being said... Maybe Danganronpa is canon may, Maybe it is. Scooby-Doo crossover, I'm waiting for that. And that being said, the best track for me is investigation track um, with the trumpet. It's called Box 15. Do, 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 do. do you know what I'm talking about? Um, it's, it, you can search up. It's called yeah, Box I, 15. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. It gets me. I prefer Box mm. 16. Joe, really? Uh, box 15. No, no, I'm serious. That's what that's what it's called. Box 15 is better than Box 16. That's just my opinion. It's just my opinion. It gets me hyped. It actually gets me hyped and it kind of gives me makes me feel like creeped out a little bit it's it, the song is kind of creepy in nature but it's like it, it gets me hyped for the investigation that's what i have to say uh, last thing i want to say uh, because it's not necessarily a, a big point so i'll, I'll kind of tack it off at the end of this is that the game has certain uh, sound effect that you might necessarily you might have not picked up on this and it's it's unique to the anime and it happens at the end of leon's execution if you listen closely there's there's a line in Arabic that says yes salam yes salam yes salam which means the peace the peace the peace it doesn't make any sense but the way that it's said it's kind of like this sort of I'm I'm imagining cuz that's that line yes salam is like in you hear it a lot in like Arabic sort of dramas and stuff and obviously I'm understanding it but I mean it's something when someone's upset they say that so it's it that line in itself and the way that it was said kind of made me feel that we're mourning for the character and that's something that's it's weird the fact that this Japanese studio would take that and it's not even in the <laughs> game and put that in like well you're also you also have to remember this is not it's weird it's not even in the game but they added that in there <laughs> that's the point <laughs> no is it the game the, the salam is in the game i've never heard that maybe i'm just noticing it in the anime but that was just so weird no, I'm, I'm telling you the executions are one-to-one -one. i didn't necessarily notice it but the fact that that's in there that was just like what it, it gave me a sense of it made me feel something it made me feel that like, okay we're mourning for this person even though i didn't care for leon 
that's it still made me kind of mourn for him that one line but that's really <laughs> all i have to say about music um sparrow of arabic women saying and i can imagine the particular woman that said that i just imagine this old egyptian lady like a grandma just wearing black and she's saying that at a funeral that's what i'm imagining I'm just imagining something from Zeroscape now. Just that it sounds like a Zeroscape well, thing to do. Maybe it's an influence. I don't know. Like Kevin knows Kevin what I'm talking about. I don't know because I haven't really finished the Zeroscape games. Shame. Shame. Oh man. Oh, fuck wow. you. Another discussion for another time, person. I suppose. Yeah, that's a that's a different discuss. That's a whole different discussion. But um, but yeah, like I so like I said before that the the sound effects well not sound effects the uh the OST didn't stick out to me the first time. Uh, it wasn't something I picked up until. I play through the games, actually listen to them thoroughly, and and rewatch the show. And I, I now I think about it, you make like it, that's true. They play they replay a lot of different tracks and play tracks at weird times. It kind of takes you out of it. That's really what why I even mentioned it. Uh, to be honest with you. Yeah, but that said though, the voice acting, I love the voice acting. Like I love I voice love acting it. is weird, but, for and me. especially if you if you listen to the English dub too. I listen to it. I rewatched it in English just to get an idea of what the English was like. Bryce Pabbrook, I love him. Bryce, I love you. I can't, I can't complain on the English dub. The English dub is good. The the sub is good as well. I think Danglomp is one of those ones that if you're watching it in English, it's it's not like the English is bad. Funimation did a great job on it. I just find that playing the game in English, I was like, you know what? I'm missing Aaron Fitzgerald as as half of Junko. I'm missing Hagakure, Keiji Tang as Hagakure, and I'm like, I'm, it's weird. Like, yeah, the the English dub in the game is I I love it a lot more than the anime. However, I'm I'm glad we had Bryce as Makoto and freaking uh, Josh Grail as Biakia. Like be like Josh, I, I remember that interview from years ago. Josh is not listening to us. Josh, if you're listening, come back to us. Please come Maybe back. Come Please back. let me talk with you again. Please let's play Borderlands together. Um, yeah, no, for me, the dubs are good. Don't get me wrong. The dubs are good. I just, I miss the original cast. And I don't understand why the original cast couldn't be used. Like, that's just something for me. And I know it's, it's, people tend to have argument about it. There'll be some people that refuse to watch the animation in English because their favorite voice actors aren't necessarily in it. Well, it's also a, uh, that's good that you mentioned that because it, it's also, they also changed the script a bit as well. Oh yeah, well. definitely. Funimation did change the script. Because they don't, they don't pronounce, uh, they don't pronounce the Japanese names like through, through traditional English means. They, they, they say, they pronounce them by the last name and then call them like the super high school level insert town here instead of, instead of the ultimate insert and town I, here. And I find that even, even in the Funimation dub where they pronounce Hagakure, they say hagakure and i'm like is it really pronounced hagakure or is it or is it hagakure because when keiji when i was talking to keiji about it and he's like yeah it's hagakure and i'm like okay cool so I'm, i don't know who to believe is should i believe animation should i believe keiji tang i don't know it's like it could be interpreted different ways but i i i'm of the opinion that it should be pronounced as uh hagakure well, well, well. it's kind of like how uh it's like in persona 5 when ryuji sakamoto is pronounced as ryuji yeah, sakamoto no. Just a Kamado? No, definitely no. Anyway, it's it's a, it's a situation. Like it that. is, but it's odd for me. Like I, I find Funimation does that a lot. They change the script in such a way. I get why they do that. Is to make it more like. Well, they did the same thing with Dongrupa Three. True. They did the same with a lot. Like to be honest with you, I get I get it in terms of localization why people do that. Uh, but for me, it was jarring, and I didn't like. Yeah, the thing is, I found the the voice acting in both the game and the show are pretty solid. Obviously, I didn't spend as much time as the game. The game is you guys, so I don't have 
as strong of a preference. Well, just just give us your opinion on what you saw initially. Honestly, I just have to say that I really the, the voices that stuck out to me because you know the voice cast is solid, but the voices that stuck out to me were uh, Allie's, of course, right? No, not Allie. But although, you how know, dare you? <clears throat> impeccable character design. Hey, 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 them them donuts. <laughs> But um, in terms of voice acting, it's probably got to be uh, Nayagi. And can we have a shout out for Junko's voice actor? Well, Junko has two voice um, actors. Oh, yeah. Yep. I didn't know if you knew that. Wait, what? Yeah. In the game and the anime, Junko oh, has two voice actors. Both in the game and yeah, the anime. Yeah, because obviously Junko has multiple personalities. So. Yep. Okay, that was the same person doing the, the, those voices. Two okay. different people. Okay, well, I, I guess they're still good then, but makes it a bit less impressive. All right. Well, I, I just find that the... the um, what is it? The Valley Girl accent that Junko puts on. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, like, oh my really god. fucking, like, like high-pitched one. Yeah, like, yeah, that. Oh my god, like, yeah. She, she sounds like, like, she sounds wait, wait, like wait a bitch, Wait, wait, wait until you get to Dongo right? 3, and then you hear, like, Kamakuma, Kamakuma, yes, queen. It's too much. <laughs> I didn't watch it in the dub for that. That's so real. I don't know if I, I actually heard that, but, but you were saying? Well, yeah, I think Junko st- stands out, but, um... I don't know. I guess if it's two voice actors. No, but bear in mind, two voice actors doing like five different voices for Junko. Like you, you okay, got you got well, like sexy Junko. You got like um, cute Junko. You got Valley Girl Junko. You got like teacher Junko. You got all of these Junkos. So it's like it's it's yeah. still impressive. Don't don't knock them for that. But it's still good. Yeah, overall it was really nice. What do you think of the uh, soundtrack or lack thereof? Honestly, I made no note of the soundtrack other than like the opening or ending. Honestly, it was okay. I found it was all right. It did its job, but um, it didn't stand out. It didn't stand out. Yeah, there wasn't any track in particular that I took note of that amplified and emotional moment or anything even in sakura's death like it would it did its yeah, job it. but like it didn't it didn't stick add to me. it yeah i get you gripes and grumbles i know we spoke a lot about our gripes and grumbles but i kind of want to get into my main my main sure, gripe. of course and that is the fact that the anime is clearly designed to promote the game and i'm putting that in as a gripe right because oh my god here we go but i still have to mention it because it, it's it's giving us an insight into the production teams and how anime is made etc um they were making this in a way to the west because the game was released around the same time that the west got the anime right or actually no not the west got the anime so the west got the game when this anime was released and one to reload in japan so the vita version no no it came afterwards the the game came later one to reload came around this like later to promote this effectively this was there to promote one to reload which is the vita re-release of the original danganronpa one and two in japan it's good that you mentioned that because if you remember at the very end they actually have monomy that's it that, that's one point that i did want to mention it's also the fact that if you watch the original japanese as it was being aired in japan in the credits because obviously they changed the credits for the english version in the credits sony is credited and there's all these other different things it's clear that sony was part of the production committee considering during monokuma's song the rhythm game it featured sony's trademark buttons right the square the, the x the triangle the circle those are trademarks of sony and they wouldn't be included in there um, <clears throat> if they didn't have rights to use that trademark so so it, it, in itself, that is a form of product placement. It's not necessarily noticeable in the Funimation version. Um, they don't change it, but they don't really make it obvious that this is a Sony thing, right? I did notice that when the rhythm was going through, I saw the X button. The promotion is evident in the way that the show omits certain details. I think in an effort to encourage watchers to purchase the game. And I think, to be honest, it worked on me, at least. Another thing that I want to mention, the omission of minigames. Right? The hint 
Like, they didn't need to put in a hint that there was Hangman's Gambit. They included that purposely because they didn't need to include it. But why why include that if you weren't supposed to hint at it? They were hinting at it and the fact that, you know, if you want that, it's in the game. Like, that's how I see it. The fact that the truth bullets are there, it doesn't make sense. They don't explain what truth bullets are. That's something that's explained within the game when you're playing it, not necessarily explained within the anime. But do you feel that it would have been better if they didn't include I that? think it would have been better if they didn't include the um, truth bullets, unless they were going to explain what truth bullets are, but then it wouldn't make sense for them to explain it because it's it's a game mechanic. It doesn't make sense in the game universe. Even, even non-game mechanics. I remember being confused. Like, I was like, why the fuck is Junko appearing in so many different, like, costumes and shit, right? I was like, why? Why are, why are they doing this, right? And it's like, oh, okay, it's because uh, it's how it is in the game. It's because Junko has like multiple personalities and stuff, right? But in the show, it doesn't really... Make sense. It isn't as obvious. But don't you feel that, you know, it, it, it adds the aesthetic, doesn't it? Because, you know, at the end of the day, it is... It's, an, it's a show about the game, right? It's not trying to remake... No, it's not trying to remake the game one, one for one. Don't get me wrong. I just... For me, it just didn't need to be there. If this was truly something that where you want to tell a story, no frills, right? And you just want to tell the story as it is and, and whatever. You don't necessarily need things that don't need to be there. It's like including a bunch of extra shit that doesn't need to be there and then charging you for it. That's what it feels like to me. It's not necessarily, it's there for a reason, right? The production, like they wouldn't spend more time making that and putting those in there because time is money in animation. They wouldn't spend that extra manpower in on including these references if it wasn't there to promote a product. That's what I felt like it was. And at some sometimes it can be a little bit disingenuous. Don't get me wrong. But I mean, it is what it is. I, like we say that anime is there to promote its source material all the time. There's a lot of anime that I don't watch it and I feel that I'm watching an ad. Through the second or third watch through of Danganronpa, I just felt that I'm watching a big ad for the game. That's what it felt like to me. I felt kind of disconnected from the animation and it was sort of trying to sell me the game. That's how I feel. And that, that was my main gripe about it. And not everyone's going to feel that. Okay, when you put it like that, it makes a lot more sense. I, and I'm not saying this to shit on the show. I, I love the show. It's just looking at it a, a, a second time or a third time, that's how I feel about it. And it's very obvious and it's very sort of out there, right? Other shows don't do it like uh, Even shows like Dagashi Kashi, which actually promotes candy in it, doesn't do that in that way. That's what I wanted to say. That's my really main gripe about it. And I don't want to get into sort of conspiracies. I'm not going to be that kind of guy that's like, that's the reason that they removed character development so you can play the game i'm not gonna say that because that's really dumb for me to say that i'm not a conspiracy theorist but the rest of it still stands kevin you have any gripes that you want to air out for me um again it really comes down down to the pacing honestly i i feel that a lot of my issues you know when i said that you know the characters really underdeveloped and stuff and you know the introduction feels rushed. A lot of it comes down to uh, just the pacing and the length, really, right? And I can't really fault the studio for this, right? Again, this isn't a critique, per se. It's more so just an, a remark, right? That the show could have benefited greatly from, you know, more runtime, right? If they had more a bigger budget or something. I feel that, as is, it feels like you're playing an animated Let's Play on 2x speed. You know, you have glimpses of something that's truly great, right? These good moments, but you can't help but feel that you're only really seeing, like, the, the tip tip of the iceberg of the show's potential, right? You're only getting these little teases of the game, right? So it has really good highs, but it also has very low lows in that, you know, you feel that a lot of the characters are kind of wasted. You don't feel like you're getting... Again, I go back to your analogy with the EA game, I guess, basically, where it's like you're paying to to see, like, the baseline of the game, but the rest of the, the, the flesh, the content, the, the character development and stuff, that 
you're really going to need to dive into the game for, right? And I guess you could say that's, you know, that's the whole entire point of the, the show, right? But unfortunately, because of its shortfalls, because of the, the limits of this adaptation, right? Of trying to shove that like 40, 50 hours of gameplay into a, tw uh, a 13 episode show, um, it can leave some people with a with a sour taste, I find. Like you don't wanna, for some people, you just don't wanna continue playing, right? Or, you know, get into the universe more if, if this is what it is, right? Because everything feels kind of rushed and, and shallow because of uh, the 13 episodes. Joe, any grabs and grumbles? So I, when I first watched the show, I adored it just because it was new at the time, like different and like, I don't want to repeat words. So just, it's like what I said before, it's just so much that made it so special for me. But when I was rewatching it, I started no noticing, maybe it's because the game is to blame as well, but like putting the game aside, I did notice those pacing issues as I binged it, especially now that I'm like older and I'm more like cognitive of the, the smaller details. The pacing was definitely an issue because now, like now that I was watching everything all at once, something just fell off. Like I felt like I wasn't getting, it didn't feel like the story I, like, I remembered from a while back. I mean, I mean, I don't mean that in the sense that the the story is diminished for me. I meant more in the sense that the pacing just wasn't right the second time around. That's kind of why I said that in in the beginning that it's a show that I can recommend if you're not if you haven't been exposed to Europa at all. But I can't recommend it if you've already if you already have prior experience with it. And I agree with that. Huh? Okay. I can see where you're coming from. Like for me, I guess it would be the opposite, honestly, because. I my feeling is that if you are going to have a first taste of Danganronpa, right? Just a taste of Danganronpa, the show may leave you with bad impressions, right? I'm not saying that I had bad impressions, but it's just the way that it ended and, you know, the way that the characters were developed or not developed, rather, kind of left me skeptical of, you know, what the, the future games have to offer, right? So whereas I feel like if you already are a fan of Danganronpa, you might be able to tolerate um, its shortcomings because you, you know that that, you know, you always have the game to fall back to, right? You know that you know that the source material is fleshed out and good. But if you don't know that, you'll have a bad image of the entire franchise, right? So I would actually say that if you're new to the series and you want to see if it's right for you, don't go for the show because it's not it's an adaptation, sure, but it doesn't necessarily represent the the story that well, right? It, it's like it's kind of like the difference between season seasons seven and eight of Game of Thrones in the original books, right? It's like yeah, you you get the 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 checklist of all the important things that need to happen, but the in between the development of the characters that that minutia right is lost in the show, in my opinion, right? You don't really get an appreciation for it. So my recommendation would be. If you're trying to get someone into this series, get them to try out the game, you know, what either, you know, lend them your Vita or get gift them the game or something, right? And get them to try out the game and see for themselves if it's right for them rather than watch a show that might misrepresent if I, I get the, where you're coming from but realistically speaking that requires an investment to actually go out and pay play the game or to get someone to give you their vita or whatever or give you their game to play on your vita the the anime in itself doesn't have as much investment that's why for me anime adaptate uh, game adaptations 
anime adaptations of games make more sense because then I can see the story like even with Persona that got me into the game Danganronpa got me into the game mainly the fact that it was less of an investment Funimation is like what six pounds a month or well, now it's like 10 pounds a month but you know it's less of an investment than to watch uh, than to play the game right because you don't get this necessarily the same experience by watching a playthrough online of the game so it, the, the anime is like in between like for me do you see what I mean well I think the difference is that Persona 4 had I'm looking at it now it had 25 episodes it had a lot of episodes so then in that case I'm not saying that you know in general for all adaptations you should just ignore that adaptations for this case in particular because they were forced to condense so many things, right? You're not getting the full experience. Whereas Persona, I agree. I wanted to go out and play Persona when I saw the show because it had enough time to do the show justice, right? Because Persona 4 and uh, and Dragon Ball are not the same length because you can spend like hundreds of hours on Persona 4. But you know, in your first playthrough, right? You're going in blind. 40 hours is a reasonable amount of time to spend, I would assume, right? And 20, they were able to do it really well within 25 episodes. But Dragon Ball got half as much more or less right so they really had to make some sacrifices right you're getting the cliffs notes of the, of the game so in this case i don't think that it's it's a safe bet yes it's attractive because you know it's a lot easier to to get a friend to you know go on funimation share the, your account with them to, so they can watch it or whatnot but um the risk there is you know they might be pushed away from the series mm. right because the show's Honestly, in my opinion, of a, of a lower quality than the game, right? Not to not to bash on the studio or anything. It's just because of the constraints again. Well, that's true, and and you do make a good point. It's not necessarily to bash on the studio because we know the studio has produced great works and even great anime adaptations of games like Persona Four. So, you know, it's the same studio that did that. So we know at least that the studio can do good good stuff. So. Um, I just wanted to point that out there. Well, I don't really have much of a counterpoint against that. You make a, you make a very good point, Kevin. However, it's also important to keep in mind that the person watching is there's also a possibility of the person watching to understand that it's an adaptation and that the game will be a lot more fleshed out. But my counterpoint to that would be that you know, because I'm in that exact position, right? Sure, I got to play the game a bit, but um, for someone who hasn't played the game at all, for example. Um, once you've watched the show, you know what's gonna happen, right? You'd really, ha you'd have to have a lot of motivation to go play through the the first game again to get the full experience. I'd understand. I could totally see someone like diving into the second second game, right? But I don't see many people having the motivation to go through the first game again because you already know the main points, right? The only the new thing. I do want to add on to your point. I played the second game straight away. I didn't play the first game again. Yeah, I'm probably the only one in our circle to have like played through the whole game again as soon as it came out. Because you already played the game before watching it. No, 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 no. no. I mean, no, we watched the show no, before I, playing I played the game. after I watched the anime. Okay. I played the game. Yeah, both me okay. and Joe. But I'm saying that I didn't go back to play the first game until I finished the second game. So I skipped the first game because I already knew the story, and then I went into the second game as you, as you mentioned. Yeah, my my motivation for playing through the game again was mostly in just how the game handled its its soundtrack the like the aesthetic and the free times of course and of course the bonus modes but like that's something we'll talk about another time maybe in a Galp episode but my point is i had motivation to go through it because there's just a lot that the game has to offer that the anime does not um finally would you like to see a second season not that it's confirmed. You're never getting a season two, yeah. and that sucks. Well, yeah, you're not going to get a season two, like at least based off of 
the second game. There's no season two. Um, but would you like to see, hypothetically? Personally, no. <laughs> personally, really? Personally, okay. no. Even if it had 24 episodes? Even if it had, 20, even if it had 100 episodes, I wouldn't want to watch a second season of Danganronpa. Any re- what's the reason for There's it? just something I find that it just, it would be more of the same thing. It would just be like the first one kind of put a bad taste in my mouth. Now thinking about it, I don't want to see the same thing happening because we often with second seasons, it tends to follow the same part as the first season. It's often it, in, in rare cases, like in terms of Haganai and stuff, the second season is better than the first, right? In rare and, and in terms of ass class as well, in, in like rare, rare, rare situations. So I don't want it to see going downhill in that sense. But I'm like, for me, I was intrigued at the fact that after the second game and after uh, the Spare Girls, that they were like, we're doing the, the anime to, to sort of round it off. That was interesting to me. That was something I was hyped for as opposed to, yeah, for me, that was in, like interesting that the fact that they introduced something like that. But for me, I'm not really into the idea of watching an anime based on the second Danganronpa. Or at least any sort of sequel anime. I would have been more interesting in a, in a prequel, which in in some sense the um, the spare arc of three is a, sequ- a prequel. Am I correct in saying that at least a prequel? Yes, it is is a prequel to all of Danganronpa. I would a say. prequel is more interesting to me than a sequel anime, and we did get that. So I I'm more excited for a prequel than an actual sequel in terms of second season. Well, because it's, it gives That's us new it. content. It's not like I don't I don't want to retelling. Yeah, it's not like a recreation of That's of it. the game. That's why I liked three so much. Anyway, Kevin. Yes, but like we'll talk about that another time. <laughs> Second season. Yeah, for me, I mean, again, I like I actually would like to see a second season based off twenty four episodes because no, because again, most of my gripes here are the fact that they I don't feel that it's it's realistic to expect them to go into any amount of depth within 12 episodes, right? So if they maintain the production quality that they, they did this season, right, and are given more time to flesh out the characters, more time to just slow things down a bit instead of rushing through all the trials, all the depths, the, the deaths, rather, um, it would make the show a lot more enjoyable, you know? Um, so I would like to see a second season as long as it's at least 25 episodes, or t- 24 episodes, you know, around that ballpark. I sort of agree with Bish that I would want to see a second season, but that's mainly because of of me playing through Danganronpa 2, seeing that it, it's not really something that can be adapted well. Let's that is that. true. That is true. It's not something that, like, if it were adapted, then I, I feel... It, it would bomb would. very much, because it, it's such a different story. It just It's not conventional. Well, in that case, that concludes our discussion of Danganronpa the Animation. Well, thank you guys for giving us your wonderful opinions on everything that is and was the Danganronpa. Before, hang on, before so, we, we actually close off, though, and give everyone our emails. Emails? Actually, uh, emails? That. Yeah. Our uh, emails. What, what's your email, Kevin? Oh, twi- Twitter handles. Okay. Okay, Grandma. Our uh, emails. <laughs> or zip codes, you know, in case you, y'all want to send us shit. Our email. So, um, if you want to check us out on Twitter, my Twitter is at Get Our Life Podcast. Mine is at Tolvrai, T O L V R A I E. Word flex, but okay. That's not how that means used, Joe. <laughs> shut, shut up, Kevin. Uh, and my 
and my Twitter handle is at entropy, spelled E-N-T-R-O in a capital P. Change your Twitter, Joe. What happened to Kibo Gamer? Joe changes his well, Twitter th- as much as he changes. Well, I mean, his at, at the time of this recording, it's probably going to be changed. But like, I'm, I'm changing yet. But at the time of this recording, it, what it if I steal? Um, just so tell you guys in on Joe's next Twitter handle, it's at Big Dick Energy, um, Galp. So if you want to send him a message, please send him a message at Big you know, Dick Energy. There's probably somebody Galp. named Big Dick Energy that's going to be really mad at oh, you. Oh wow! Uh, probably someone's already taken, already taken it. Uh, actually, his new Twitter page is actually uh, at Chemical Sora. That's that's his. Uh, yes, it's at, at Chem- Chemical or, or Sora. At Kene uh, just underscore. send everything to there. That's what it is. I mean, he actually talks on Twitter, so I mean, you'll guess your activity. Just also before we wrap up, I just want to mention a big thanks to our sponsors, Crunchroll and Japan Crate. Remember, if you do want to check them out, you can check them out in the link in the description, or if you go to www. Uh, getlifepodcast.com forward slash kunai there you have all of the links to all of our episodes of kunai it's well designed you can check which shows that we've talked about you can also suggest shows for us to talk about and you can click on our sponsor links directly in there and yeah kevin i'm gonna lead this off to you mate yeah so um our next episode is going to be a show I don't think a lot of people heard of, but uh, that I still am really excited to cover on Kunai, and it is Kaiji Kun. No, no. Kaiji Kun. <laughs> it's, it's not Kaiji. It is um, Good Luck Girl. But if you haven't seen our episode on Kaiji, then yeah, why why, why are you giving yes. a Kaiji episode a shout out? Shout out when you you <laughs> because the Kaiji episode it's a, it's a great episode. Kaiji. Don't get me wrong, but he he you're in the spotlight now, Kevin, and yet you're so humble. But you're giving a shout out to another episode. It's because it's because I'm Canadian, you know. I just oh, can't help you, myself. You can't help yourself. But uh, but yeah, uh, I hope you all look forward to Good Luck Girl because it is a criminally underrated it, comedy. It's show an underrated show. I'm watching it currently at the moment, and I'm making my notes on it. There's certain things that I know I'm going to talk about, and I'm, I'm excited about it. Excited about certain things, so that's going to be a hype show for me. Uh, I do want to mention that you can watch that show on Crunchyroll, if I'm not mistaken, isn't it? Crunchyroll. I watched it on Funimation. Is it? Is it only on Funimation? I thought it was on Crunchyroll as well. It could, honestly, after the you know the whole like not merger but sort of merger of the of Funimation and Crunchy and like the the separation again. I'm at a loss as to you know which shows have remained on Crunchy, which shows have. Look, as long gone as My Hero Academia is still Crunchyroll, I'll be fine. No, actually, no, no, no. It's You're right. Show. It is on Funimation, and it's a Studio Sunrise show. That was a bit shocking to find out. Another thing that I want to say before we wrap up: this year, actually, by the time this episode comes out, it's going to be the fifth anniversary of Kunai, and so you might see some special content coming out in the summer. To sort of commemorate that, we'll be trying our best. Yeah, it's uh, Galp's Eternal Summer. Uh, Galp's <laughs> Eternal Summer, that's it. Uh, free Welcome to Summer. I mean, it's going to be Eternal Summer because we're probably not going to get the episode out until like next winter. But that was a f- that was a free joke, by the way, Joe. I don't think you got it, but you still came with a good joke. No, I, I did I did get it, you, you freaking idiot. So we're going to be doing some episodes with guests. Um, I'm working also. I just, this is a little bit of an update. I'm gonna say one more thing. There is a possibility that we can we'll be getting Tyson back for one episode, only one episode of Kuna. And Kevin, I I think we, you might know and, what episode. Um, I'm pleased to announce that episode will be SYD 
No, actually, I, I, we have no idea what it is. <laughs> if we got Tyson for SYD, oh my god, I would fucking go ape shit. If we got Tyson for SYD, I don't think that'll happen. But if we got Tyson for SYD, shit, man. I was gonna say, um, what was it? The, what was that anime that we we fucked up so much? What was it called? The one that we didn't watch. Danmachi. Not Danmachi. It wasn't Danmachi. We watched no, Danmachi. No, we watched Danmachi. What are you talking about? Danmachi that was like first one. No, not Danachi. Denki guy. I'm confused about uh, the Denki name. Guy. Um, what Denki is it? guy. Denki guy. Denki guy. Denki guy. What, Denki what if guy. we watched Denki guy with, with Tyson? That would be so so fucking yeah. annoying. Uh, we wouldn't do that anyway, but um, we'll be doing... Let, let's wrap this up. Though, oh, guys. whoa, Seriously. whoa. We've had the longest conclusion ever. What a, what a bitch. All right, okay. Kevin. Okay, Look, this anyway. is fun. So I uh, hope you guys have enjoyed the episode, I guess. Yes, I hope all of you have enjoyed it. I've... I very much wanted to get this out for a long time, so I'm glad we finally got it done. Uh, look forward to some other Danganronpa content that may or may not be coming to the channel. Not cha- channel, onto the podcast sometime soon. Yeah. Um, see ya. Danny. Yep, stay, stay healthy and stay sexy.